Hi, this is Ryan Bodenheim, artist of The Dying and the Dead, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That's hot. It sounds like a slightly buzzed movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no oh, it is. Oh, exciting. Yeah, we have a guest on. And I mean, we broke... Jason and I have broken bread with this. So I am I am extremely... Oh, uh, where? Well, he, he, he shared it. He talked with about him. I've slept with him. Yeah, he's that's true. All right. Yes, all right. And so he was very good. That's, that's I bet it's... I caressed him when we were done. I told him lies. I mean, I I, I butted him up. It was just strange. Jason and I woke up on the But yeah, no, that, that, that is true. Yes, you were. We all did share a roof. But as Once far Chris, as going out to diners and eating and shit, that, that's wrong. Yeah. Well, I think the man that's joining us tonight is living proof that for all the people that we know that are trying to make it in this comics game and don't know how, the trick is to sleep on the floor of one of our con rooms. Once you do that, you're, 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 in. you're in. Why do like, you usually sleep with Vince? That's, that's the, well, that's true. <laughs> that too, but. Yeah, that's not going to work. No. As if we had any kind of hand in his that. success. Zero. He's done it all himself. And then why do I have to reenact that scene from Alias with you? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> 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 oh, sweet butt cool. sex. Oh, David, David. You do me proud. You really do. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 384, and I am an extremely jacked up on the caffeine. Oh, nice, nice, uh, I'm glad you cleaned that up because I didn't want to have Jason have to go next. I am David A. Price. Back it up, Freddie. <laughs> wow, seriously. <laughs> and of course, coming at you with my sultry R&B vibe, I am the weekend. What an honor. Wow. I mean, I expected to have some sort of sultry vibe, right. but I know it'd be the week. And for all of you that want to Google me, it's W-E-E-K-N-D. There's no extra, there's no extra E. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Googling the wrong weekend the whole week. And girl, you've earned it. Oh, and oh my goodness. Girl. Well, Jason, roll with it. Tell them who our guest is this week. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> yes. Our guest is a man who should have been on a long time ago, but we had to wait for the the taint of his former podcast association to wear off long enough that he was no we longer radioactive. Announcement. That's true too. That's the real that's the real reason. But I didn't want to make us seem that shallow. Um it's but true. It is true. <laughs> but <laughs> you you got me on for Clinton. Uh but no, joining us in the fourth chair this evening is one of the hottest new writers in the business, but more importantly, a longtime buddy and con-goer of ours, uh, and, and former secret agent, uh, none other than the man who is bedazzling everyone over at DC with the likes of Grayson, uh, as well as the Omega Men. He's got his own Vertigo book coming out with the phenomenal Mitch Jarrods uh, in a few months, I believe, and yes. is going to be jumping over to the House of Ideas, finally. And doing a book about the vision with a very interesting um, uh, setup from what I see from previews, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and, and probably most importantly, most of you know him as the sane member of the No Apologies podcast for many a year. He is Mr. Tom King. What 
an honor to be on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know um, about all that, but <laughs> I keep sending emails to Around Comics and they never reply. <laughs> well, right. And I'm like, That's, I guess this is uh, the second best I can do. So. I'd even say one of the hottest creators, period. Not even just one of the hottest rising stars or writers. I mean, the dude's a good looking guy. I will honestly say that. Wow. I will. That's not the wine talking. Oh, and you don't have to throw your pearls among swine like Tom to get cheap comic books. Right. All you got to do is shimmy on over to where? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com where you and everybody you know in your family and just people from other planets can get your books dirt cheap. We are, once again, in the limbo stage. There's no new uh, discounts up because the previews just came out. But rest assured, when they do hit the web, the discounts will be both what? Wumba. Deep, deep oh. and plentiful. Yes. Yes. And if you don't know already, there is one book you must order this time around. It's on the previews. Uh, order form for September, Dark Knight 3, Master Race. Mm. You must order this. And you know. Oh, this is one of the parts you, you're going to beep out, right? And no, if you, now you just ruined it. Oh. If you know, if, if you are a discount comic book service customer, you know the discount on that book is going to be steep. So stock yeah. up by multiple copies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, cause, yes, because there's, there's multiple versions. But anyway, and DCBService.com, once you've reaped all the rewards and, and got all those cheap comic books that are eventually going to stack up, what are you going to do with them? How do you make Read sense? Them. Of those, after you've read them, like we all, how do you make sense of your collection that continuously grows and grows and grows? It's like a Triffid. Comic Base. Comicbase.com. That is the single application that can organize, tally the value of your collection and tell you where the books are. You can put in Comic Base what boxes your books are in. It makes collecting a ton easier. I love it. We've been using it for years. You can, too, go to ComicBase.com. If you enter this code, ComicBase11, that's the code, you will save 15% on whatever flavor of ComicBase you decide it's to purchase. It's amazing. They have multiple tiers. You can get the basic. You can get the I, – I get the, the Porsche version with the multiple discs and all the comic covers because I have to see the covers, and I like looking at them when they're in that thing. And there's – Hundreds of thousands of covers in this mm-hmm. database. It's amazing. Comicbase.com. Go there, put that Comicbase 11 code in there, and you will save 15%. Do it. No diggity. Tom's no doing doubt. it now. Just, just did it. See? Nice. I, I've saved so much money already. I'm going to blow it all on drugs. Hookers and blows. <laughs> Two of our favorite things. <sighs> no, I have three children. I'm going to blow it all on alphabet games. <clears throat> Hi. <laughs> And, and Disney Infinity. Disney Infinity, yeah. Now with more Star Wars. Nice. <laughs> and they're really pumping up this Star Wars marketing machine, huh? I know. Oh, yeah. This is a movie coming out or something. Isn't there? Uh, I'm Nobody a bit reluctant to look at the toys. Because you're going to love them? No. Well, yes. But I kind of don't want to be spoiled, even by the oh, basic Oh, yeah. Designs. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, you know, up, right. Up, I'm, up, I'm not watching yeah. any trailers or anything. It'd be nice to see, it'll be nice to see a Star Wars movie since episode six. That's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. Seriously. Oh, you know why the Force is awakening? Because it was asleep. Because it was asleep. Because we're not eight. Seriously. Oh, no, they're terrible. My, I showed them to my father. He <laughs> terrible. Thank you. This is why Tom's here tonight. <laughs> to speak truth. <laughs> Do I have to sell, 
<laughs> George Lucas is like the one person I don't have to suck. Oh, maybe I do, right? Star Wars is a Marvel now. Oh, no, they're fucking. <laughs> no, awesome. he's got nothing. Yeah, no, he's got nothing to do with that. He's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, they're terrible. They're the designs I've seen so far, the stormtroopers, they are on point. Amazing. Amazing stuff. But anyway, Jason, do your business. My business? Yeah, the drink thing. Oh, snap. Oh, what, uh, yeah, it's drink roll call time. And I'll, I'll, I'll start us off because I want a hot take. Uh, I'm coming at you. Remember you pomegranate? With, with, with a beverage that's been around since 1783. You're drinking mead? By Mr.'s, Mr.'s Cadbury and Mr. Schwepp. Yeah. I'm drinking delicious, ice cold, luscious, lascivious, <laughs> black cherry sparkling seltzer water. Sugar Naturally free. flavored, sugar free with other <laughs> natural flavors. 12 fluid ounces, and I got another 12 sitting here right behind it. Sodium free, bubbly. It's so good. I bought a, uh, I bought a 12 pack of, um, White Rock seltzer, various flavors. Bam. So looking forward to that. Bam. Uh. Remember when Jason was fun? Right? I know. <laughs> I can't wait for October where he's going to tell us all about, you know, what's happening in the New Yorker magazine and shit. So what are you drinking, Vince? You don't um, I am gluten-free restaurants. <laughs> yeah, probably, oh, I bet. Oh, here, have these vegan brownies. They're the best. It's like shit. They're good for you. Carob Rice Krispie oh, Treats. Mmm. I am on cup number six uh-huh. of Jet Black... Room temperature coffee. Uh, by whom? Um, it's from Guatemala, actually. Okay. When, when, uh, it's not from the, the place that gives you the room. No, no. When the wife was in Guatemala, she brought me home about, uh, that's badass. 10 pounds of coffee. That's awesome. It is very good. What is our guest drinking? No, you're guilty that I have a beer. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, uh, no, we need someone to pick us up. No, Jason ruined it. You, yeah. you, you do. Anything would be better. I've got a long uh, table farmhouse ale, and uh, but if it makes you feel better, I have some black cherry Dr. Browns next to it. Nice, bro, Dr. Brown. The black cherry cream is is awesome, but the uh, the black cherry is is no joke. Good on you. Thank you, sir. I try. I am um, because you asked. I am drinking some. This actually, my, my idea was because of one of the. One of the effects in, in one of Tom's books, uh, everybody's face is, is swirly, uh, but this is actually gnarly head authentic black blend wine. Love it. Very nice. Appropriate. Cool. Cool. Uh, I have two items of business before we launch into this. Anybody have a thank you? I don't think so. Okay. These aren't really thank yous. These are well wishes because, um, uh, I'm sure, and the other guys will agree with me, that I'd like to wish a very happy, long, and well-deserved retirement to our buddy, Mr. Lance Kaiser. Oh, is he retiring? Yes. He's a, he's a very good man, friend of the show, always there for us, just throws the gifts at us like crazy, and he's an amazing guy. And he's retiring, so live it up, Lance, because uh, you're amazing and you deserved it. And two, that Rick Hansen is a really swell guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And that's all I, I he he doesn't want me to thank him. So um, I'm just going to say he's a really swell guy. Yeah. And um, and he, you're welcome. Aww. How about that? So there you go. Aww. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know what he did, but I'm way. touched. <laughs> you will be touched and stick around longer. Oh. <laughs> all right. Before we get into this, Tom. Yes, sir. Your your past is is cloaked in secrecy. 
Yes. But we're going to let it all out tonight now. Um, we, is, are we free to talk about that one time? No, absolutely. No, never. Why? why? Why would you even ask? I told you beforehand you can't ask me about that shit. But, uh, well, how about... Do you not listen to what I say? Do you uh, I I read the document you said sent about you know what we can talk about what we can't talk about and I I couldn't make heads or tails of the damn thing it was all gobbledygook I just really want to talk about that. Oh, this is no joke. What you just said will probably get a man killed. Oh no, <laughs> dude! If this doesn't win us an Eisner, I don't know what does. War <laughs> Eagle. Yeah, I know. It's all right, all right. You tell me if I'm crossing over any lines. It's the same with David and Jason. If we if we tiptoe too far, I'm sure you'll smack us back down. Well, as long as not too many countries fall by the end of this. All right. So so what can you talk about? This Grayson book, you're not just making a lot of this stuff up. There is this <laughs> book. Am I am I correct? I make most so, of it. But it's founded in in some kind of personal experience. Like you you would you wouldn't know in which direction to go unless you were somewhat informed on the status quo of certain things. Yeah, uh, for people who don't know, I, I I was in the CIA for a bunch of years. Um, so I joined right after nine eleven, and I got my security clearance. And so it takes about two thousand two. Um, and I did counterterrorism work uh, both uh, domestically and overseas. Um, and I did that for like seven years. And, wow. and by the way, I, I've heard you say this before, but are like, you're actually allowed to acknowledge that though? Like, I always wondered, like, are you at, like, is it some kind of thing like you're allowed to say you work there? Like, I didn't think you were even, like, I was. Yeah, was yeah, like, no, I, a year after I was, I left, I got cleared to say I worked there. Nice, okay. Yeah. I could not say I worked there while I worked there. Like, a lot of, most people didn't know. That's if you ever awesome. hear me talking about CIA, you'll always hear a second motor going on in my head where I'm like, Am I allowed to say this? Am I allowed to say this? Am I allowed to say this? So, like, I know pretty much. Are what you I'm allowed, allowed to say what you said you did for a living, then, or is that like not allowed? No, I can't say that. That's why I cannot say that. Okay, which is that's, odd. Because, that's so cool, right? Because they don't want to know like what covers are and stuff, right? That's pretty sure, good, right. But, but, yeah. but people who knew I lied to them know what I used to say, right? Okay. But I can't say what I used to say because now it's a lie. But do you have? <laughs> so I mean, so what our, once our, was what once was was a lie I said out loud. Is now a lie I have to hide, even though I used to say it out loud. It's very complicated. I like that. Yes, I like that. But you know what I find really impressive? Not the fact that you were, well, I do find impressive the fact that you were CIA, but you have to have a pretty spotless past yeah. to even be considered for the CIA. So you've, you've lived a pretty upstanding life as far as I'm concerned. They just don't let anybody in, right? They look at every aspect of your being and what you did and where you went and who you ha- hung with. Yeah, they, you know, they tear you apart. They know every single little thing about you by the time they say yes to your application. So you're on the up and up. You're you're pretty, yeah. Oh, or I'm willing to do things for my country that people who are really on the up and up aren't. <laughs> nice. Now, now it also is worth asking what, why, why did you did, did you give it up? I mean, just did you have enough? Did you? I mean, like family. So yeah, yeah so I was, family. Or? I was an ops officer, which you can look up what that is on the line. But basically, it's someone who recruits spies, like. Um, you know, I, I think people assume I was an analyst where I was like behind the, behind the computer, but I was, I was mostly in the field. Um, and uh, I did counterterrorism, so the, the best places to serve were sort of war zones, that kind of thing. Um, and I spent a bunch of years of my marriage away from my wife, and then we had a kid, and I worked back here in an office, and I could have sort of 
been in an office my whole life, but I really didn't like sort of watching people do the job I wanted to do. And also I didn't really feel like I could be the father I wanted to be and also the CI officer I wanted to be. So I uh, took a year off and wrote a novel at night and then somebody bought it and I left the CIA. And so, that novel would be uh, Once Crowded Sky? Well, Once Crowded Sky by Simon Schuster. Buy a copy, buy two copies. With spot illustrations by the amazing Tom Fowler. Amazing yes. Tom Fowler, the genius Tom Fowler. I, I, I love my copy because Tom personalized it. Um, unfortunately, I'm not doing what he uh, he suggests. Basically, David, thank you for the hours of entertainment. Stay sober, Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that was happen. more of a you know it's it's a suggestion. It's like hey, you know, I want you to maybe work on this. But yeah, it's 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 a fantastic book. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, that's my child. I don't think about it as much as I used to, man. I took that book to every single convention that exists in America and hand-sold copies. Um, I mean, that's what I was doing when I first met you guys. I was hand-selling copies at CCB. That's your banner. at at, I mean, is it still? I haven't... um... No, I changed it. I finally changed it. I got a new banner of Grayson pointing a gun at me. Nice. And that's the thing. To those who don't frequent conventions or um, indulge in the online... Uh, aspect of, of the comic book world. It seems like you're an overnight sensation, but we saw you pounding the pavement. I mean, you did it for quite a while. Hey, no way. I was immediately discovered based on my experience. No. <laughs> and they're just like, you, if Tom Fowler's willing to work with you, we are. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, but- no, I've pounded a lot of pavements. Yeah, I've gotten con sickness more than the average human being. Um, and... Uh, I've been, yeah, I've, I used to hand out magnets to people to get them to come over to my table, and then I would sort of try to sell them on the book. Like, I would sell a used car. How can I get you into this book? Um, so, yeah, and I did well, that for two years, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Vince is hitting on something, not surprisingly. I mean, because I, I, people that don't know you, I'm sure all of a sudden, and this is happens all the time with writers in particular, because you have the opportunity to write more than one book at a time. Um, all of a sudden, you know, a name comes up, right? And it's, it's, it's whether it's, you know, Charles Soule or Scott Schneider or whoever it may be. And then, you know, now it's Tom King where all of a sudden you'll be on five or six books that are hit, hitting the stands every month soon. And people are going to be like, Oh, where'd that name come from? And yeah. I think they, you know, I would imagine each of you have your own story, certainly, but we know yours and it's, it's, it's important for people to hear that, you know, it's not like, sure. I guess there are examples of instant successes where someone just is right place, right time and are talented and they get that spot. But, but you, you've been on the grind. Like, like, I mean, it, it, but I think the interesting second part of that and what I'd love to hear you, um, like kind of open up on is, do you feel like because you finally got a shot with Grayson, like did the opportunities become significantly more uh, attainable after that? Uh, or do you feel like each of these opportunities that are now coming to fruition in and of itself was a slog? I mean, after Grayson, it became much easier. I mean, I, I don't think there's an editor in comics who exists who didn't get an email from me that they ignored. Um, <laughs> so, and after Grayson, they stopped ignoring my emails. And that, that's a huge step. As a freelance writer, I think when you're, when you're writing and you're like, oh, I, I can't stand this comic, I can't stand this work, you just think of those days of you sending so many emails to so many people that never got answered or you would live by like them writing back and saying, got your email. And you'd be like, yes, <laughs> say I'm going to hit it. Um, so after Grayson, they started responding to the emails and that was, a, that was a huge transition. 
um, yeah, and but it's it's still a slog, man. It's um, it's still it's it's tough because um, the market changes and comics change, and you want to move into different areas. You want to pitch different things. You don't want to be pigeonholed. Um, so, I mean, now people take my pitches and accept my. They've seen what I've done. They see I can hit deadlines. You know, I sort of proved that. Uh, and it's, it's easier that way. But yeah, it was hard to take, get taken seriously. I mean, it's, it's hard for any creator to be taken seriously in the beginning because they're most people who want to be in the creative vision have some talent and some insanity, and so they get a lot of emails from a lot of insane people. So it's tough <laughs> to sort of separate you from the from the insane people to see you're you're sort of someone who they can work with. Now, how this is something that I've been curious about because it where um where what's the line where does where does Tim Seeley end and Tom King begins because this is, Grayson is plotted right in the Tom genitals King, written by that's <laughs> I, that's just like this podcast the the uh I just what's how does how does that working relationship work. Uh, I mean, first of all, Tim Seeley is like one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, when we met on Grayson, we just sort of clicked and hit it off. And he's an insanely smart and supportive and kind person. Um, so that makes everything much easier. How much did he pay you to say that? Yeah, we are talking I mean, about friends. Right? We've had a, this is, this is just a guy who's we, friends he, with Mike Norton. Yeah, and we've had him on the show years before we had you on, just to just to foment some jealousy here. I know, I know. No, I, that, that's what I do. I take his second hands. I know. I've been doing that my whole career. I just follow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, what happens is basically I don't have to tell Tim Seeley how to write a comic book, and he tries not to tell me how to write a comic book because so I just leave him alone. We 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 get together and we plot out. We say, okay, this is where we want to be in six issues. These are sort of the beats we want to hit. You take those issues, you take those issues, and we're almost independently writing the issues at this point, where I, I very rarely chime in on one of his issues once he gets started, and he very rarely chimes in on, on one of my issues. So, they're, so the plotting is all sort of done together overall. I think I use Seeley probably more than he uses me in terms of I get frustrated at certain points, and I'll call him and say, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, and he sort of does me And he, he's also used my calming board. Um, I'm a, like, I'm very easily panicked, so I'll call Tim and I'll be like, I fucking know this is awful and I can't do it and I can't do it. And Tom's like, he's like, hey man, you could have a real job. Think of that. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think he brings out, he brings out the best of me because anyone who knows, who's seen Omega Men knows that I sort of have this dark sort of, um, Alan Moore, Frank Miller influences on me. And I think if that's what I wrote in Grayson where I was kind of like, Grayson was looking into his own belly button. I mean, there, there's a Robin story that every single person wants to write where it's like he hated his time at being Robin. He was abused by Bruce and he's kind of sad about it because he was violent as a kid. Like if that's what the series was, it would be crappy and it would be terrible. Um, and, and so he's always reminding me, he's like, Dick Grayson is fun. He loves his job. He loves being a superhero and he's very good at it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so I'm, I shouldn't draw him looking into his navel for twenty pages. Um, right. I think we've had a, we've had enough of that. Yeah. Right. Like, that's, yeah. and this, it's not it's not the character. It's not what makes that character interesting. You know, that's Batman. That's everyone else. That's Dick Grayson. He likes the fact that Batman chose him. He likes the fact that he became Nightwing. He likes the fact that he gets to be a spy, and he has fun with it. And that's all, all that stuff is from Seeley. Cause if it was me, it would be like mopey, mopey, nine panel grids staring out of the window at the rain kind of <laughs> shit. 
Um, we, you can get one up on Tim. Just wait till the first arc of the Omega Men is, is collected in trade. Drop that on his desk and say, and now the student has become the master. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Uh, my, my first issue of Grayson was the Future's End one, which I wrote backwards, and he was hanging from a rope on the first page. Yeah. So, um, that showed my interest in the comic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it works very well. I mean, t- Tim is just a fantastic person and he's very, like, progressive and cool and he knows every single person in the industry. He gave Kirkman his first work back in the day. Yep. Um, so he has all the best gossip about everything, which nice. is also very cool. And he can drink me under the table. So it always makes me feel good that I'm not the drunkest guy at the party. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I have nothing but goodness to say about that dude. Tim's awesome. I just don't know about that Masters of the Universe fetish he has. Why are you he kidding? He loves himself some Masters of the Universe. He loves that. He series. literally wrote the book on the Masters of the Universe. Oh, I know. I know. And he has like figures all over the place, carded figures, loose figures. It's just like, I mean, I enjoyed it, but that's getting a little bit obsessive, don't you think? Dude, man, I love people's nerd. I love what makes people nerdy and what 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 makes them obsessed and what's sort of it's so fascinating to me um and i love that about comics like when i people come to my table and they sign and they, and they talk about it and they're like obsessed with oh i love voice actors and they go off on just i love people who are passionate about things i think it's cool you are living it up aren't you living the freaking dream that is good to see dude i've been i'm so tired i worked all day today <laughs> i can oh I, boo-hoo. I, that keyboard man it just is relentless it really is <laughs> i need to retire no give and take. No, it's, it's a lot better than a real. I had a real job for so many years. This is so much better. What, was there a period where um, you had to train yourself to um, actually produce? Like when you do a certain job and you you go to a, a place for this job that's not your home, it's regimented and and you get used to the grind and it just becomes okay. I'm at work. I have to work. But when you work for yourself, like you, and you're at home. You really have to train yourself to produce because there's so many distractions these days. Well, I mean, I, I think that I wrote my novel and I, I went from being a CIA guy where I was the manager and I had an important position. And then the next day I was Mr. Mom and I took care of my kids full time. And I had one kid then. And then very shortly after we had two. Um, and I wrote Talking my novel. Box. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and I wrote my first novel literally like I would take care of the kids if they napped I'd write during naps um, and then I'd hang out with my wife and I wrote it between midnight and three in the morning every day I just that's like after my wife went to sleep I'd go and I'd write and then I and I was like if I don't if I don't write then I'm then I'm not ever going to get out of sort of doing this and I love there's nothing more rewarding than being a parent but if you stay home with the kids all day long that's the hardest work in the world and it yeah. is exhausting, and it's like this horrible combination of it makes you feel guilty for how bored you are. <laughs> like, like, like I'm doing, like I should be more engaged in this, but, I, but I'm not, and I'm and, I, and I'm insanely bored. But I'm mad at myself. This is the best time in my life, and it's just it wasn't the, the career for me. So I was like, definitely like I had my back to the wall. Like I have to it's literally publish or perish. Um, and I think that having that experience for two years. And then having the experience with, like you guys said, where I was grinding it out and selling um, books by hand and, and, and doing that and having my emails ignored. Like I always have sort of, I think that produces discipline in people where I'm just like, why would anyone ever miss a deadline? 
Do you realize how lucky you are to get paid to write? Do you know how hard it is to get into that position? It's the truth. A lot of people don't see that, though. Right. Yeah. Yep. Those are people who don't have real jobs. Like, right, you, they, right. those people never had to wear a tie for a living. Yep. Ties. Just like Aunt Andy said, 80% of success is just showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Not that, you know, you're not a great writer, but when you meet your deadlines and you, we've learned that. I mean, you, you produce something on a regular basis, people will come. Yes, I think that's, yep. I think that's yeah. very true. And it also shows respect for your editors if you can meet, if you have a word and you, and you meet your word. And I think editors appreciate that. Right. And you can just be sort of solid. Um, yeah. And, but when you have sort of that as your background and you don't want to sort of, that, I mean, that's how you learn to work hard. You see what the alternative is, right? Yep. Not working. Yeah, not working. Right? <laughs> and I heard your, your Rick Remender interview, which I thought was really cool and fascinating. And what he was saying about that, like, lizard brain kicking in with the kids and, like, having to care for them. Dude, that's so totally true. And I, and my lizard brain is, like, goes full, sh- like, like, it's like, I have to write this or else my kids can't get in private school. If they can't get in the right private school, they can't get into the right college. They can't get into the right college. They're just going to be homeless crack addicts. <laughs> and then I'll have to have them at home again, and I'll be taking care of them all day long. That is fascinating because I just like I wake up I'm like all right, I gotta go make fat stacks, and then figure the kids will the kids will survive somehow. <sighs> <laughs> that, have you? Uh, the man has no Jewish. He puts right. it in perspective. <laughs> no, fat only, stacks. Only, only two no, weekends a year. Did you say I have no Jew in me? That's no Jew in me. Well, NYCC. Right, hero. exactly. Two weekends a year he does. The not that little. The uh, now how? All right. So you have um, you you work really well with Tim Seeley. You've had a phenomenal um run. I mean, even including Tom Fowler, you've had you've had some great artists working on 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 the books you've put out. And how has is the relationship with not that we haven't seen anything published yet, but obviously you've been working on on the vision book is the relationship very similar with, with what you're doing with Marvel as it was with DC. I mean, we'll see, I guess I I feel like I have like this little toe. I'm so very heavily in DC. Now I'm writing, um, a big crossover event for December, this Robin war thing. Um, so I'm dealing with like a bunch of different authors and sort of like show running that. And I have a vertigo book with them and I have two ongoings with them. And then this is sort of my first little toe dip in Marvel. So I haven't kind of seen how different it is so far. Okay. I mean, I've got two scripts in, two scripts in, and it's so far it's pretty easy. I mean, I, I still write full scripts. I don't write Marvels. So I used to intern in Marvel back in the day. I was yes, Chris Claremont's right. assistant. Nice. A long time ago, but free CIA. Um, and my job at Marvel was to read every single Marvel script that came in and sort of evaluate it. So I saw all the different sort of Marvel styles you can do. I don't do any of that stuff. Okay. Um, like I remember Roger Stern would write like three paragraphs for an issue with that kind of thing. Or John Byrne would write the entire issue without page breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have it. It was amazing. You would just do all the panels, no page breaks. I can't imagine writing a comic like that. Um, uh so, so I'm writing this, this, I'm using a different technique for Marvel and it's a, and the vision idea is like a fairly, like I was surprised they took the pitch. Uh, like, 
it, I was like, this is a sort of off the wall, like risk taking kind of pitch. And they're just like, yeah, we accept. Let's, let's go. Like that was it. It wasn't, there were no notes back. It was just, yeah, that's fantastic. And you would, you would think the opposite would be true. What with the last Avengers movie, right. because yeah. he's front and center now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I well, so, let, think so. Let's talk about that. I mean, in the, in the previews, it's, it's, it's got a picture of like an American Gothic style picture of the vision and Mrs. Vision and, and, and daughter and son vision. And the, and the, the, the solicit says that. He creates a wife and kids to try and live a normal suburban life. So is, is that the pitch? That's the pitch. Yeah. It's, it's vision in the suburbs. It's all about so it's, it's post secret wars. And is it a blank slate or are you mixing and matching with what came before? I don't think I'm allowed to say. Okay. I, I, no, I, which would, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I'm, dude, this is EOC. We have clearance, dude. <laughs> Have a we have clearance. This is before we can broadcast. <laughs> but I, th- I think the premise is kind of brilliant because not it's contemporary, but it also touches upon what has come before. What with Wanda, with Wanda. right, and their kids, you know, yeah. and that generating that whole family just that to seem but, normal. But I, I remember when this was announced, it was on the Facebook, and one of the replies to uh, the the story, and I'm thinking. Man, the comics crowd, they are really tough because this one guy, I don't, I forget who it was. They're, they are jaded. And there's like, the guy said, what? No Scarlet Witch? Like even before the issue came out and they're, they're commenting on it already. Yep. Like you, you oh, don't yeah. know Wanda's not going to be in it. You have no idea. This is, you just heard the pitch. And, you know, why don't we just wait and see until the issue comes out? Or the, at least the first arc. Like, why jump to conclusions much? Dude, I, I, I'm the opposite about this. Uh, I love the jumping to conclusions. I love the internet speculation. Why? I killed Kyle, and I was so mad that the internet didn't explode. <laughs> I was kidding. But it's... <laughs> like, it mildly exploded, but I was like, this is a beautiful, this is a fantastic, wonderful character who I just murdered on national, on intergalactic television. And it was kind of like, oh, they killed Kyle, and he'll be back. I, I, I feel if people are passionate about it, and they love the vision, then they'll get online, they'll complain. I, I've said this before, but I think comic books, the fun of comic books is like 10% the reading of the comic book and 90% the talking about the comic book. I think you're right. And, and, and most of that 90% is people who haven't read the comic book. Yeah, who listen to podcasts. Like I used, when I first, like I was saying, like I'm a podcast nerd. That's how I came back into comic books. And I was when I was nowhere near stores that I started listening to podcasts. And I wouldn't actually read anything, but I would listen to, to you guys when you were a Marvel bullpen. Was that right? Bulletins? Bullpen, bullpen. Yeah. And bullpen. Close enough, dude. You know, when you had just like the signal eye shining. I remember it. Um, and like around comics and like fanboy and CGS and word balloon. And like, I would just the conversation about comics is so fascinating to me and so much part of the fun of it that like, if I put out something, you're like, that's a crazy idea. I want to complain about the Scarlet Witch. I'm like, hell yeah. Complain about that. Have fun with the idea. That means you're engaged today. You, know? you must love Daryl. Oh, dude, Daryl's my brother. <laughs> <It> has to. <laughs> he did. That boy does a lot of complaining, <laughs> but. So, so you love the online band. See that a lot of it for me, like I love talking about it with people who've passed the bounce through the bouncer, <laughs> but like guys waiting outside who are just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like sometimes it gets a little, well, a lot of times it gets a little much when, when they just decide to go off on, especially like David said, when it's things that they haven't read because it hasn't come out like dark Knight three people slamming <laughs> that already. And, and it's not even out. <laughs> Sometimes. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> so trying to keep it back in reality. Well, the, I mean, uh, with the obvious caveat that anything that's sexist or threatening or racist, all that shit should just be thrown in the trash, obviously. But right. people who are genuinely passionate and are arguing and are speculating, I'll never problem with that. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I, uh, I did that for 10 years before I was in the comics. How can I at least a hypocrite if I don't do this? As, as a creator, I mean, well, at least with my mindset, and I think the guys know me well enough, if, if, as a creator, and you're seeing people pick apart or guess where something's going that isn't out yet, or, or, or think, you know, they're, they're writing the book in their heads based on, on a solicit that's three sentences long. As a creator, you can kind of sit back and go, you fools don't know shit yet. And, and it's when it, when whatever they're screaming is, is actually going to happen turns out to be wrong. I, I would take some glee in that just knowing that, you know, you really don't know what the hell you're talking about. So as, as fans, I get, I really get what Vince is saying because I'm like that. But I think as a creator, I would, I would have a different mindset or, or at least different type of skin when it comes to reading the reactions of, of things that, because you're, you're not, you're not reading it to enjoy it. You, you've created it and waiting for people to actually read it. So I, I don't, the, the, the mindset would definitely be different for me. Yeah. But I mean, my goal as a creator is to get people to read it and to get yes, engaged. Absolutely. So like, I mean, with the Kyle, the Kyle thing is, I know it keeps coming up, but that's my example. It's like everyone was going, the people, the people, which there should have been more people were like, this is terrible. They killed Kyle. Omega Man's going to be a credit book. And I was like, I'm about to tell a Kyle story. The whole thing is a Kyle story. It's a Kyle-centric, epic Kyle tale. And and, and I'm going to emphasize that he's a person of color, and I'm going to talk about all that stuff you want me to talk about. And I just had to keep my mouth shut and be like, I'm going to do this. And um, it's more frustrating. than. And then when it comes out, you're like, oh, I just hope you guys held on long enough to see what I was doing. Um, you know, you, you, right. not to, you mentioned something that really struck me, uh, with, with Kyle and Omega Man is that, you know, when we first see him, he's praying in Spanish. And I think that, you know, that was such a smart touch because I mean, I feel like I've read a lot of Kyle comics over the years and Sorry. I don't know that he's been portrayed, stop. I don't know that he's been portrayed <laughs> as Latino very often, even though his background's always been that. So I like that you made it a concerted point to remind people that he is, uh, Latino. Yeah, that wasn't like a hard call. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I was writing this book that has all these religious overtones to have yeah, him yeah. do a nice prayer in Spanish and and um, and then sort of uh, to talk about the cross that he wears around his neck being a Catholic. I mean, I'm basically stealing from Frank Miller. I mean, just because Marvel has all the Irish Catholic doesn't mean DC can't have some Mexican Catholic. But... <laughs> I think it was a very important addition because, uh, like Jason. It reminded me as well that that Kyle is, you know, not you're, you're not just an average white guy, and and I think uh, he was people have forgot that over over the years because you you know in 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 the Green Lantern stuff it that wasn't reinforced often. Yeah, I I I don't know what you know. The, I think the problem is it's like I mean obviously the number one problem to all this is we don't have enough Latino creators. Um, and um, so people are afraid or they don't know how to write. I don't know. It's like a combination of those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and once that eventually evens out as I peep the, as the, because I mean, when I go to a con now, you know, 25% of the audience is Latino and Hispanic. So those guys are going to become the next writers of the future and they're going to take over. 
and they're going to write the characters the way they know how to write the character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's, it's tough to write a character who's not yours without, and then like the easiest way is to have them like say like, I don't know, Idios Mios and all like that shitty oh. stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that no, no actual Mexican American has ever said in their life. <laughs> um, I- I think the magnitude of the the internet furor would have been a lot greater if you killed the best lantern, Guy Gardner. <laughs> Guy Gardner's John, your favorite John lantern. Stewart. Stewart. Yes. Hal Jordan. Oh man, I just wrote a Hal Jordan story. It was like the most fun I've ever had writing a character. Of course it was. He's my new favorite lantern. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyle. I read. Wait, you. the new Fifty Two Hal's an idiot though. Well, I wrote whatever. I wrote the Hal I wanted to write. Nice. All right, good. There you go. Dude, Hal Jordan is just Hal again. He's Kirk in space, even though Kirk is yep. already in space. But that's what he is, man. You just gave I, David a chubby, by the way. Big time. Yeah, it doesn't take shit out of you. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you, you compared his one of his favorite all-time characters to his favorite all-time sci-fi series. That's the win-win. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about design, uh, particularly in the Omega Men. All right. You, uh, it didn't take much to win me over, but there was two things that, that you, the creative team has done that really, you know, was a nice, fuzzy, warm blanket for me. And the first is the nine-panel grid, yep. which to me says you acknowledge Great. all of the work that has come before with Giffen and, and you know, the Legion and, and Omega Men. So the nine-panel grid, a winner. But including the issue number within the comic. Right the first page. Dude, that that is – you're embracing the single-issue format. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we wanted to do, I mean, I'm a huge five year later Legion fan. Yes. And, yes. Um, and a huge Watchmen fan, huge Alan Moore from Hell fan. Um, and so I just basically stole that grid. Well, no, you, 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 you've, you're honoring your predecessors and you're taking what's good, what works. That is, that's, yes, that's exactly what I did. That's not stealing. Also, I'm a, no one. Oh, yes. I, no, that's knowing what works. And I'm a control freak, and so I do. I, if I use the nine uh-huh. panel grid, I can. I do the layouts for Omega Man. Oh, nice! Um, yeah. Wow. Oh shit. So with 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 the uh, with Omega Man, I can sort of lay it out and, and design it. And um, you know, every issue, I I, I think I'm, I'm just going to tell people because I'm sick of it. You know, every issue is a reflective issue. The ten, the first ten pages reflect the second ten. Hmm. Um. So, so we're doing that. So it's, it's makes it kind of cool because it's supposed to be all shaped like an Omega, which is a reflective. Yeah. Right. Right. It is an extremely smart book. Is, is the nine panel grid not the best way to portray a fight scene? I think it's Oh my God. The the third issue, I was just telling Vince before we got everybody tonight, the third issue has been my favorite so far. And yeah, yeah, mostly because Kyle's in like the last two pages, but you have (laughs) the, um, it, it, between the fight, pretty much towards the the beginning of the book, but it is it, you don't get a lot. Yeah, no, no, that's not true. You 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 do get the Omega Men in the issue, but it's pretty much the princess, and and it's all revolved around her. But as far as the action from the first page to the last, it it is top to bottom my my favorite issue so far. And I I just. Got issue four before we started tonight, so I haven't read that yet. Toby's art looks fantastic, but um, as of right now, what I've read, you you, you killed it with issue three. Yeah, issue yeah. three is uh, probably my favorite. Although Toby's art is so brilliant, it's hard to say 
anything against it, but issue three is probably my favorite of the series. Maybe the most fun I ever had writing a comic book, just writing That's a princess true. kicking ass for 20 yeah. pages. I was like laughing out loud while I wrote that stuff. She's and I, so and I polite spoke. too. She's like she is. in this manner. <laughs> right? That's what a, that's what a, a princess is polite. I, I, re, I have a five year old daughter, so I read a lot of princess stories and know a lot about princesses and I can quote my Ariel fan? No, we haven't gotten to, we're mostly into the Disney princesses. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you, you haven't gotten to the part with the, the sapphic love princesses yet? <laughs> oh. You haven't read a Lost Girls? Alright. <laughs> It's next week we're having a Oh, all right. it up, dude. Jesus. Right. She turns five and a half, so like, that's, that's the magic moment. That's the anniversary part. All right, cool. Uh, you've been incredibly blessed with your, your visual teams on these I'll books. Say. Um, this, this, um, Barnaby Begenda? Yes. Oh my goodness. Right? <laughs> it's beast mode, this kid. It's, seriously, it's disgusting. Yeah, um, I got pages in for, um, five today and they're insanely amazing. Beast mode. But, I mean, is it uh, Janin? Um, Mikhail like Janin? On... Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I said Janin for the longest time that I met him in person. He's like, um, you know, you've been telling my name wrong to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's like this very quiet, well-spoken, looks like a fucking model European Spanish. You page noticed that. <laughs> Now, now in, in my opinion, and I'm probably wrong, but he has leveled up on Grayson because... He was on uh, JLA Dark. Yeah. And it just didn't click. But this stuff, it's like, it, it seems like there's been um, a, a lifetime of experience between the two books where it's just like night and day. I'm not to, I mean, it's not bad. It just wasn't for me, the, the JLA Dark stuff. But this, this Grayson stuff, oh, my God, every issue. Yeah, well, he came out so fast because he was like a full-time architect and kind of did this on the side when he started. And so then, like, I think he's learning himself how to do it. And, like, now finally I think he's comfortable and confident with his own style. He's a fucking uh, beast. So, yeah, so, yeah I, I, to me, he's definitely, like, leveled up. And he gets better as the issues go on. Dude, when 12 comes out where he's drawing Batgirl and he's drawing Damien and he's drawing Tim and Jason – um, it, I, that's what I'm working on all day is his art on that stuff. And it is so good. His Batgirl is just breathtaking. Man. Yeah. Mike, uh, Michael Yanin. Yanin. Now he's not digital, is he? Does he do, yeah, do his work he, he digitally? He does it digitally, yeah. Oh. oh I know. Oh, it, yeah, but his sketches are very good. Oh, they are? Yeah. He's got, I, is he going to be in your Comic Con? No, last time he did Comic Con was like Wizard World Philly. He didn't tell anyone. He just like came into town. I would have driven up and gotten a sketch from him. Seriously. No, I told, when I saw him in person, I was like, I was like, Mikhail, you're going to say no to this because you're a nice person, but I want to give you 500 bucks and have you sketch Grayson for me. He's like, no, 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 I'll do it for free. I was like, no, if you say that, then you'll never do it. Let me give you the money. Mm. And you 500 bucks, me. damn. Well, you know, for a full, like an actual page to be published. Shit. I know. I'm talking to I people know. down, man. Damn. Dude, he's, you know what he does for my career? Like, I don't mind overpaying him. Is Baganda digital? I don't know. Oh. I actually don't oh. know. Isn't that weird? You try I, talking to your artist from time to time. Right? You know, maybe. Well, no, Baganda's got agents, so I don't talk to people. Oh, snap. All right. He's, he's in Indonesia. Uh, wow. Um, huh. So, like, there's, like, a wall between me and Baganda. That doesn't, that doesn't, says the CIA guy. So that doesn't really surprise me that the, um, Mikhail's, Background is because he doesn't. It, there's no really. There's a lot of work on every page and every panel. 
that that the man draws. So I mean, the fact that he's got this this background in architecture is not uh, right. It's, it, there's no there's no oh I'm gonna make the back of this the background in this panel behind Dick's head yellow and and not worry about backgrounds <laughs> or, or the building of 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 the school. And it's just it, there's I mean between the school grounds and every locale the the, the issue where you had. Um, Dick and, and Midnight are going through the desert. That was probably a relief for him just because he's not drawing buildings <laughs> and trees and it, it but the, the, the My artist. Favorite issue I, I feel really? Yeah, That's I love that issue. Um, yeah, I yeah, know. I, I was like, I was like, I'm really sorry about this, Miguel. <laughs> 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 You're just drawing a guy across the desert. That's... Um, if you look at my Facebook page, you'll see he, he, we had him draw these like big flashbacks that got cut before the issue came out, but they're on my Facebook page of sort of a, an old classic Robin Batman fight scene. So, so at least they had him draw some, something was in the desert, and then we just ended up cutting and adding more desert. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, he's, yeah, he's brilliant. And he never complains. Like, I don't know, like Tim, for some reason, decided to set this, this, um, big scene they were going to have in the background of a billion skulls. <laughs> he wrote a note to Tim. He's like, you could have set this against a sandbar, but instead you put <laughs> 500 skulls back there. Yeah. That's issue 10, right? Yeah. That was, uh, right. issue 10 and 11. Yeah. Oh man. It was seeing Dick fight. Basically, the the a Batman analog was just I, there's something perverse about that. That that had to be <laughs> fun to write, and it, it, Grayson is one of my. I, mean, I, I was telling the guys before, but it, it's it's one of my favorite. I don't read a lot of DC books, but it is definitely up there for me. Oh, it's, that's, it, that's awesome. No, it, it's true. Your books are the oasis in the DC universe for me. Oh, nah, well, that's you. You guys are very sweet. Um, but I've listened to your other podcast interviews, so I know you do this to everybody. So no, 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 no. Not, not everybody not writes work for DC, books, right? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like, oh, so that other company you were working for, how'd that go? So, but but, I, but, of, but, but I still have the Marvel books. I see you. Well, that, uh, now you're on the that opened the door. The, but you 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 hinted at, and I don't know. I'm not sure what previews are up to, so I don't know if you can even talk about anything in December. But the this this crossover you have coming out. In December, is there anything you can yeah, infer we about that? We announced it at San Diego, so it's out. So it's called okay. Robin Hood. Um, and it's the big December event in the Bat Universe. And, um, and it's going to be, like, I think our model is like Extinction Agenda. Um, which Jason is, just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so the idea is, like, we're doing it, there's going to be a first chapter which i'm writing and then it's going to go run like the whole like the story will continue through all most of the books in gotham as like chapter two chapter three chapter four and then end in its own independent book so they'll be robin war one and two um and the plot of the book is oh. it's all the robins <laughs> that was beautiful that's <laughs> That's Mr. Fat Stacks. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was orgasmic. That was, no body fat, Fat Stacks. Seriously. Uh, sugar bad. <laughs> but how amazing is it that you get to orchestrate a bat event over Scott Snyder? <laughs> Not over Scott, with Scott Snyder. Wait. Well, I mean, but you're, you're the driving force, right? 
Ah, nobody's the driving force in the Bat Universe. Oh, Snyder. take some credit. Oh, Come on. No, no, no. Snyder drives the car, and then we uh, we see where he's going and try to improvise on that. And the guy's a brilliant writer, and he's the oh, best he writer at DC. And, and he's not only that, but he's been so nice to me, like ridiculously nice, in ways he didn't have to be. So, um, yeah, you know, Scott Snyder runs the Gotham Universe, and then we we see what we can do on it. Oh, is, is that giving so, away too much? No, no. So Snyder's driving the Batmobile, and you're nagging from the back seat. Yes, it's exactly. Well, he came when he when he first came up with the Bat Gordon idea. It's it's funny when I when I write it in a script, I still write like Bat Gordon. I was like, is that what I'm supposed to call it? Um, <laughs> like I don't know. We just call him. Gordon. Anyway, so when he when he first came up with the idea, he came to the room with all of the Bat writers in it, and he's like, "Look, I came up with this idea. I think it's an insanely crazy idea. Can you guys please try to shut shut um shut it down and convince me it's horrible." And he sat there, and um, who was in the room? Like Pete Tomasi, um, you know, Tim and I, and um, who else was there? Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Buccioletto. And uh, anyways, and we sat there, and we sort of went boom, boom, boom. Like these are the problems with our books. These are the problems with your book. And we and, he, and then we were like, wait, but we can take from this story and take from this story, and like grew and grew and grew until it was like totally organic thing. So like he came to the table with an idea. But he's like, I'm willing to throw this idea away if it doesn't help you guys. So he was totally generous with it. So that's that's kind of how it works. Right. So there's a commingling of ideas in the Bat universe. It's not just one man, you know, orchestrating the whole thing. You guys agree to disagree sometimes and share ideas. That it it that's amazing, actually, because that is the Batman is the breadwinner for DC, right? And you would think that there'd be a lockdown. On anything, you know, that uh, secondary and tertiary writers could do with that, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Well, I, th- I mean, the editor, she, the editor of the Bat Books is Mark Doyle, and he came up with Scott doing American Vampire, so they have a very close relationship. Uh, this is really behind the scenes stuff. Like, this is stuff we love. Keep going. Um, and, and, and I think because because of that, and, and because they're so close, it makes the whole thing run very smoothly. Um, and and because Scott has a good has a very open personality of like how can I work with you guys how can I help you guys I mean that said Snyder has opinions and he has strong opinions and I think that's what makes him a great writer is he does say no to people I mean uh, I think like the the story the Mark Bagley story he told on Word Balloon is like a legend among comic creators where we kind of all gasped at it um, where he said like his first artist before he got Jock was Mark Bagley and he got in Batman and said no like. <laughs> Said no to Dan DiDio and said I want a different artist, which is insane to us. Like, did you, someone wow, offers yeah. you Batman and, and says, "Okay, you can do Batman, but you have to have this artist." And you're like, "No, I'm not going to do it with that artist." Huh. Um, well, it shows he has a vision. Yeah, and it shows it shows he has a vision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, have you been in a similar um, situation where uh, you've been presented an artist and just weren't feeling it? Uh, I mean, when we got. Genda for um, for Omega Man. We had a bunch of guys try out. Um, no one you would have heard of. I'm not like sure. at the level. Uh, and I I didn't like you know a lot, lot of artists. Of <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys. You guys may have heard of them. Um, and uh, and we we found Begenda off of um, through Juan Castro, uh, who's on No Apologies, uh, knew him. And, and recommended him and we found him on DeviantArt and, uh, and, and so I brought him to the table. I was like, how about this guy? And they're like, okay. 
Um, and that was tough, but I've never been like, here's the artist you have to work with. Um, and I'm, and say, no, I'm going to walk. I, 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 I like, again, that the lizard brain jumps in and I'm like, no, I have kids. I need the money. They have to go to the private school. And thing. I, I don't right. have it. The, the wood walk away thing. Well, Bagenda definitely adds a Euro feel to the book, which I think works really well for the series. Yeah. And I'm, and he's, you know, he's from a, a Muslim country and I deal a lot with sort of religions and terrorism allegories. And I think he sort of can, can put some of that energy into the book. Um, and he really grounds it. I mean, it wasn't even close. Like we had f- four guys try out and do the designs and Begenda's designs were far and away the most interesting and the most grounded, most fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He, and he's killing it. And also, like I said, like most are like Tom Fowler. I wrote, um, something for him that was on the nine panel grid and I was like, okay, I'm going to lay this out for you. And he called me up and just screamed at me and told me to go fuck myself, which was most, which is a normal reaction for most artists. So the fact that Begenda lets me do that is, is also sort of a miracle of the book and that he's patient enough with me to be like, okay, Tom, okay, I'll go with you on this one. That's funny. I'm not surprised Tom said that. <laughs> Tom's like my best friend and he's, he, he has opinions and they're usually, they're usually correct. Tom's funny. He is the opinionated sort. Yeah, uh, some things he says I don't agree with, but the, uh, um, I think with the end of issue 11 of Grayson, we, uh, now get to, we now realize that, that, that this kind of being on its own has come to an end. And, uh, so this is, is this 12, steer us towards the uh the the robin war event or do we still get kind of a couple of issues of grayson where it's still kind of not so immersed in in the bat universe 12 is all bat universe 12 is him going back to gotham right and he's gonna see he'll he's gonna see bruce he's gonna see barbara he's gonna see damien he's gonna see tim and jason it's an all family issue um and all of them, and remember, Bruce now doesn't remember him. Um, Damien and Tim thought he was dead, and he li- and they were li- Bruce lied to their faces, and they went to his funeral. Um, Barbara thinks he's dead, and they have a long history and, and a semi-romantic history. Um, and so, what would that do to you if, if you had sort of a crush on someone and they had a crush on you, and then they pre- they pretended to be dead? And then you have Damien, who, remember, last time Dick saw Damien, Damien was dead. So they both think they're dead. And now um, he's got superpowers. No, he's, he's lost his superpowers. Oh, see, all right, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, how lucky I keep up with this stuff. Right? Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, Damien's in his own book, uh, Robin, Son of Batman, which is one of those beautiful books on my shelf, just with Art Peckley's, and he's killing it. Um, and... Um, so, so yeah, 12 is Dick in Gotham. It's, it's answering all those questions that people have had since issue one of like, how did this affect the family? And then after that, uh, I mean, there's not much I could spoil, but after that we go back to super spy basically. For a little okay. Bit. Yeah. And then you, you and see this- Eternal launches in October, Batman Robin Eternal, which stars Grayson as its main character. Um, and see, so that'll be, that'll be Grayson interacting with the Gotham universe weekly for six months. Now, will you have, are you still, and I'm in air quotes now, but, but in control of the character Grayson? Do they have to work with you on, who, who's, who's doing Eternal? 
Well, again, that's Snyder and um, and uh, James Tinian are um, are the main writers, and then Seeley's also like the one point is also one of the writers in charge. So I mean, Seeley's on both our books, so it's very okay. Easy okay. And uh, and since I'm doing Robin Wars, the like the other event book that involves Grayson, it all can be very closely coordinated. Since we're watching, okay. we're reading all, we're awesome. all the books together. Love to hear that. Um, nice. Grayson is appearing in one book we don't control, which is Titan's Hunt. Um, but that's, looks that's freaking a, amazing. That's worlds or a, uh, a conversion. No, no, it's, it's in continuity. So now it's just like yesterday, which is going to be, it's, it's about like the old, what happened to the old Titans and it stars Grayson in it. And they were very nice and told us about it and, and sort of approached us and like, how can we work with you and cross over with you and make sure this all works? And we're like, yeah, let's, this is a shared universe. Let's share. So. Yeah, I, I think that book's going to be cooler. I mean, our goal from day one was to make Grayson this like top hero to make him um, sort of the the four peers of the DC universe to have him join the Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman tier. And so now he's going to be in like four books at the same time. Plus, he's a guest star in Midnighter all the time. So I mean, the, the character's taken off, and that's our goal. So we we want people to use him. We want everyone to say, "Hey, can we use Dick Grayson?" And we can say yes. We want him to be beyond our control. That's the point. Yeah, for someone who's dead. Yeah. yeah. And, and all this is leading up to Grayson number 25, which is the wedding of Barbara and Dick, right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. You, no, you're going to do it, aren't you? Light spoilers. Oh, you got to get those two together. They're meant for each other. <laughs> I can clarify. I want this to be clear. They have never actually dated in the new 52. I had, we went back and, and looked at this very in detail. They have had mad crushes on each other and sort of been moonlighting will they, won't they since they were um, both 17 years old, but they've never actually dated. Well, you're going to fix that. We'll see. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. You have to figure it out. It's that that couple has has on again, off again. And we were talking previous New Fifty Two, but that was like one of the things. Call me a romantic, but I always thought that Barbara and Dick should be together. Well, dude, man, that's like the center. I mean, these comics have so few of these like great romances, and 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 I think that one's like the biggest one. It, it, Mm-hmm. Like, if you've never read a comic in your life, you kind of have it vaguely in the back of your head that Robin should date Batgirl. Right. Because I, probably because of the um, 60s TV show and just like how much you had a crush on Batgirl and how much you related to Robin. Or the other way around. Um, Wait, related to Robin? Related to being a ward of. <laughs> what? No, most kids who come into comics, like, Robin is their avatar, you know? Or at least it used to be. That's the way I yeah. was. It's like, yeah. I want to be the guy who's like next to Batman. Right. When you first get into comics, like you later you want to be Batman. By Batman or? First you want to be. Well, well, I mean, I mean you, can, you can understand the dalliance that he had with Corey because you know, super sexy, exotic mm. because she's she's an alien, right? right? Yeah. But I would think, knowing Dick's character, that he would make the right decision and gravitate. Yeah, towards go, go the, with the your sure heart. thing. Yeah, yeah, it, go with Barbara. But it, and you know, I think this was amazing. By Marvel Wolfman, that that he, as as gorgeous as as Perez would draw Donna and and Wonder Girl in in the the Red One piece, I thought it was very fitting. It was it was true that um, that Dick and Donna were very much brother and sister, and and the wedding issue kind of just sealed that. But I mean, you know. Dick doing the investigating to find out who is Donna Troy the first time. And, uh, it, 
yes, as far I, I I agree with Vince as far as you know where where Dick's heart lies. It's I, I feel it it should be with Barbara as it it I guess it's kind of like you know the whole Peter and and Gwen and Mary Jane. It's like. He should yeah. be with Gwen. And Mary is there and, and she's the, you know, she's the eye candy that everybody wants to, but no, it, it should be Gwen. I, I think that, that Dick should be with Barbara. Yep. And Tom's going to fix that. Yep. Make it right. Make, Make it right. Right. Tom. Do it. No, no, come back on the show. We're putting with Helena because we see Star All right. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you, you've teased this Vertigo series. Uh, what, what's the deal with this? I mean, oh, I'm writing so many comics. Why am I talking? That's a, well, it's a good thing. the episode that Jason and I did, you know, a little bit about it at least. Well, I want to know more. No, no. I know. Yeah, I just know. read the first yeah. issue today. I got the letters and the colors in. Um, speaking of CIA, this is my first book I'm submitting to them for approval. So. Wow. Good to have contacts. Yeah. And it must be really, because Mitch is really, uh, has a hard on for making sure that, like, especially weapons are accurate and, and the whole, uh, you know, he's, his Punisher run was fantastic. And, and as far as yeah. the artillery and the arms and I know it very much like Elliot R. Brown sequentially. And to see him working with you on a book where, um, I guess, I mean, maybe for Mitch, it's a passion. It may not necessarily be a passion for you as much as it is a, a, um, a callback to what you used to do. But it, this seems kind of like a, not exactly the creative team I would have thought of, but it's almost like like a pretty good marriage. Yeah, we went through I and mean, talk about an artist search because um, that that pitch and the acceptance came a long time ago. It's been at Vertigo, I think, for a year and a half or something, and they were just waiting, waiting for the right time to launch it. Um, and then we were going through artists and uh, JP Leone, um, who's doing the covers. I was like, he's he'd be perfect for the book, and then I kind of and he's like, no, I can just do the covers. He's working on something. And they were going through it, and, and eventually they threw Mitch's name. I was like, oh, my God, yes, yes, stop. We're done. That's brilliant. If he says yes, say yes, whatever he wants. Um, and then he's been nothing. I should probably pitch the books. You know what it's about, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, that would be great. Yeah, so it's called – it's not – It's we had to change the name because we almost got threatened to get sued. Um, uh, it used to be Sheriff of Baghdad, now it's Sheriff of Babylon. Wait, and, wait, wait, time out. So, okay, we've been calling it Sheriff of Baghdad. Why, why did it have to be changed? There was – so I – the original sheriff of Baghdad, I wrote the treatment for this, I think like two years ago. Um, and I'm sure I Googled the crap out of it when I did, but in the, in, in the intervening two years, a guy somewhere in the country decided to call himself the sheriff of Baghdad and he sells like survival gear and, um, like gunslings and that kind of thing. And, uh, and he approached DC when he made the announcement. He said, there's going to be confusion between our two brands. Um, and threatened to sue us for it, and we sort of said, okay. I mean, his asks for what he wanted were, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, so I won't talk about it, but Jesus right. Christ. Um, and, uh, and we said, well, we don't want to cause you trouble, you know, go, go off and do your thing, looks pretty cool. Uh, and so we changed it to Sheriff of Babylon and said, Babylon is, is the, is an old name for Baghdad, and it's also the sort of anti-city in the Bible, the like, the evil city. If Jerusalem is the good city, Babylon's the evil city. So I liked it. Um, sort of, I like, Vertigo has all that old biblical stuff in it anyway, so it felt more Vertigo to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we went from Sheriff of Baghdad, which I like the Sheriff of Baghdad title, but now Sheriff of Babylon now. Oh well. But it's still cool. 
I think it's cool. Yes. Anyway, so the, the, the pitch is... Yeah, what's the plan for it? I mean, is it, is it going to be an ongoing? Is it going to be a limited series? What's the deal? It's plotted for the first eight or like a tight detective crime novel. And if a ton of people buy it, we'll have another one, basically, is what's going on. It depends okay. on how many people. Um, Vertigo sort of experimenting. I don't know if you've noticed, but they, they went a little bit off the map for a little while. Um, I know you guys noticed because Fables just ended. Um, yeah, and had that brilliant last issue. Um, so they're looking to sort of relaunch and become sort of meet the promise of the Vertigo brand. I think is the best way to put it because they've been they've put out the best books and comics before, and I think they want to do it again. Yeah. Um. So this is they're doing a twelve new books come in November December, and one of them is the Sheriff of Babylon, and the, the pitch. I mean, it's it's a. It's basically true, de- true detectives uh, set in the green zone um, shortly after the fall of Baghdad. And I, I was I served in Iraq back then, so um, I have some personal experience with it, and I can sort of bring that to the table. Um, and I love it. it. Mitch is killing it. I mean, it's bloody, and it's gruesome, and it's deep. And I think it says something, a little something about what the war is about, what it means. And I think it's, it's a kind of crime novel you've never seen before and a kind of war story you've never seen before. So, yeah. Uh, and it comes out in December. And everyone should buy it. You should buy two copies. It's, it's What I wanted it to be was I wanted it to be the next scalp. I wanted it to be um, the next preacher. Uh, Damn. My last man. That's Why are you talking? Yeah. There does seem to be a renewed interest in, in actually making good comics at Vertigo. Yeah, it seems like um, now is that? I mean, they've kind of they they seem to have some new leadership, right? Isn't isn't Jamie Rich involved over there now? And yeah, Jamie Rich is my editor on this. There you go. Uh, and he's so good. Oh man, I love him as an editor. He's insightful. Because when you make sort of decisions, like I I own Sheriff of Babylon, right? Um, and yet, so I could have brought it to Image, or I could have brought it to Dark Horse, or Boom. Um, and one of the reasons I didn't is just because I love working with Jamie. And and his team and how he puts things together. And I was like, I don't want to move away from this guy. He's making this book a better book. And then I think he'll do that for all his books if he's as good a, good with them as he is with us. Uh, well, all the promos we've seen for these new Vertigo books, they they, I mean, to a book they look great. Which is I'm I'm very pleased to see this because there are a couple of years where, to be honest, I didn't even think Vertigo was publishing stuff. I mean, yeah. aside from aside from fables, it just seems like the pickings were very, very slim. Yeah, I mean, I, I started in comics at Vertigo. You know, I, I interned there. That was my first comic gig a long time ago. Uh, photocopying preacher pages and transmet pages and all those things. And uh, and I think they sort of oh, they almost killed themselves because they set this high bar. Like everybody wanted that sixty, that sixty seventy issue run Vertigo book. Like that was the one yeah. thing every creator wanted. Um, and then they realized if they did that run at Image, they'd make a little more money, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's how, I mean, um, Saga is just an Image book. I mean, it's a, it's a Vertigo book that's now an Image, right? Like, it feels like a Vertigo book. It does, um, yeah. And same same with, um, uh, whatever, the, the Jason Aaron's book, the Bastards book. Oh, my God. Whatever. Southern Bastards. Yeah. Southern Bastards. Yeah. Trees feels like a Vertigo book as well. Yeah, it sure. does. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I, I think it's, it's kind of like everyone took that Vertigo model and then just gave the creators more opportunity to make some more money off of it. So it's kind of like they they, they cannibalize themselves a little bit. So I, th- I think 
they realize that and now they're returning to their brand and, and saying, okay, what can we bring to the table that sort of differentiates us and can bring in the creativity? Uh, the, and then they made their deal better and they made their editorial, they beefed up, beefed up their editorial staff with cool guys. Um, and so now I think people are coming back and be like, okay, vertigo, vertigo. All right. Right. I, I totally agree with you. There was a time when vertigo published the absolute best books in the industry and it was, yeah. Um, it was almost like this, this huge lightning strike where you had Swamp Thing, Animal Man, uh, Hellblazer, Sandman, all coming out from the same, uh, imprint. And it was just like, man, I can't see these books getting any better. And it's just, it seemed like Doom Patrol, like yeah, everything right? was, was, was clicking. And then, um, th- I think things started to falter a little bit with when they did the crime series. Those, those little. Oh, the novels, um, the OGNs? Yeah, the, the manga size. Yeah, they were really the uh, suck. Some were really <laughs> no, they weren't all the suck. No, I mean like, collectively though. I bought every one of collectively, them. Collectively, right? Feel me like too. I, I barely remember most, and there were one or two that were good, but but it was a failed experiment. Right, right, and I and I and you could tell like that. Uh, okay, we've gotten burned a little bit here. We're going to pull back, and now it seems like like they're they're reinvigorated to make great comics again and take some chances, and it's great to see. Well, I feel like you. Know, Kirkman made that announcement when I don't know when it was, almost ten years ago or what? Five when he said everyone he set the new model for comics should be everyone do Marvel the manifesto blah, blah, blah. the manifesto yeah and yeah. we all laughed at it and said it was crazy and then it no, became it true right true. Yeah. yeah so like that changed all of comics that that changed how people got like it used to be in, in comics you did little indie scratchy work. And then Karen Berger found you and you did a little bit of Vertigo work and then you got huge at Vertigo and then you went to Marvel. I mean, that, like, that's how every single yeah. great creator of the, the 2000s, like my favorite creators, 90% of them came through Vertigo. By the way, that was 2008. Talk about feeling time passing us by oh, seven man, years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Remember how absurd it was? You're like, oh, this is crazy. This man. Oh, we talked about it for weeks. Oh, I think we had a some of us thing. agreed with it. Yeah. But it's 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 the way of things now, right? So now people break in through Marvel and then sort of get a bigger name and do and do their indie book where they own it, and it's a completely different model of careers and comics. And and we have the ex- expanded audience that's willing to buy all that stuff. So uh, you you said that uh, you'll own this book, but but is it is it not co ownership with with DC? I mean, it's straight. Yeah, up they have it. they have a percentage of it, but it's okay. it'll be created by us and owned by us and then you know there's all the rights for through the lawyers and it's all and then in exchange for that they, i mean they give you a page rate for it in exchange for that you get a page rate you get an editor you get you get most importantly your artist gets a page rate right right um, so i mean so that's i mean because you you said it's you could have gone to image i mean that's the i mean the big thing with image right is that you got to be especially you got to be confident enough that the sales are going to be to a point where you can actually pay your artist because that's you know that's the tricky part, right? Because they're yeah. basically working gratis for a couple, you know, for what six months until until the, the money starts rolling in. So. Yeah, I mean, in, in my dry days, I did two comics where I hired artists and paid them like five grand a pop and did a whole issue. And then I looked at them and was like, I can't afford issue two. I can't afford the colors. I can't afford the letters. And right. I, I still have them on my on my. It was just like throwing money down the hole. Um, and then the, the problem with image now is, is we're changing. And uh, Ron said this on iFanboy, I think it was right, is that image has become like they're not taking no names. They're not taking that you don't break in through image anymore. Right, right. right. Like, um, I mean, if, if you can find a fantastic artist and they're willing to work with you, but most fantastic artists are going to say, okay, what's Mark Miller doing? 
uh, what's Ed Brubaker doing, that kind of thing. So, I mean, even even that model that Image has is changing now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the difference with Vertigo is that they'll you, you get a page rate up front. And also they do I, – I hate – here I am on a podcast trying to promote my ship, but, I mean, I know you guys, but – I mean, having tried to promote my novel, which Simon Schuster gave me one week of promotion and then said, good luck on your own. So basically it was an indie book. Um, I hate doing that stuff, like calling up 40,000 people and saying, hey, can I, will you buy my book? Will you buy my book? Will you buy my book? I just hate being a, I don't know, it just, it feels demeaning and I don't have time to do it. I'm writing too many novels. So Vertigo also does my press for me, which I, I really appreciate. Nice. Well, it, it takes away from the actual creating. Oh yeah, I mean everything is. But then on the other hand, like it can also make you lazy. Like my Vertigo book is launching, and I'm th- and I'm thinking, oh, Ver- oh, DC will take care of this. They'll be all impressed. But I'm like, no, no, no. I got to treat this like an indie book. I have to go out there and make sure everyone knows about it, and make sure people are excited about this book, and and that they know it's something different. That it's a book about Iraq from a guy who's been there, um, drawn by one of the top military comics guys in the business. Um, and I, I just I got to get that word out. I just I can't totally depend on them. I can't use them as a crutch. Well, even if you're approaching it from that angle, it's kind of nice to have a net, like in the in the in the promotion of the book, you, you have help. You're not doing it all on your That's own. That's exactly so that, right. Yeah. yeah, and um, and hopefully people give it a chance. I mean, I I think it's become David Gore to say like Vertigo is not cool and Image is cool, and I want to reverse that. I want people to say, okay, Vertigo can be cool. It can be edgy. It can be different. Uh-huh. Um, and then and this and hopefully this book shows this. I don't, it doesn't feel like. Sheriff of Babylon doesn't feel like an image book to me. Omega Men feels like an image book more than Sheriff of Babylon. Right. How did you hook up with Mitch? Uh, through Jamie, Jamie Rich, um, who's a writer in his own mind. Uh, he found him and proposed him. Um, and then I met him for the first time at Heroes. You guys are probably fucking there. Um, we were. He, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he was super nice and he blew it away. You know, he colors him, he inks and colors. Um, and the best thing about Mitch is that he gets it right. I mean, I sent him a ton of ref, but like I have a scene in the first book where it's a guy driving through Baghdad in a car, just driving through the green zone. I was in the green zone and drove through and, and, I, and I see him drawing. I was like, this is amazingly like what it was like um, to have been there. And in 2004, it's very hard to find specific references that like 10 years that that are like, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have GPS. Uh, I mean, it's cell phones. We didn't have iPhones. Um, and, and that he drew it just like I remember it, and, and he did all that research himself and went to that reference and sort of, like, like the reason we, I, I hired Mitch off of a teacup. Um, we had, like, a few artists who drew this one scene that we, that we did, and it was it was a woman drinking a cup of tea, and they all drew a teacup, like an English teacup. And Mitch drew a, an, uh, what, an Iraqi teacup, which doesn't have handles on it. They pick it up with their fingers, and they just let their fingers burn while they drink. Okay. Um, and Mitch was the only one who drew the right teacup. Huh. Um, and I was oh, like, that's amazing! Yeah. Surprise. He he he, 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 he so that's like I was like this guy knows what he's doing. He didn't just draw this, the teacup he has. He went and like looked at what actual Iraqis drink out of, and drew it that way. That's one of my favorite stories ever. Thank you. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not surprised because Mitch and I think David and I talked to him about this last not this past year as well before when he was when he was uh, you know because most of the stuff he's done has been in this this genre he. You can you can tell he is a, a stickler for that kind of stuff because of the the weaponry and stuff and, and the video. He's always very clearly pays attention to make sure he gets the reference right for that kind of thing. So pretty cool. Yeah, and he's also like Iraq brings out like the most politics in people. Um, and really, I know I don't even heard this, but like 
when all that politics shit is going on, like you have to have this deep respect for the military. You have to have a deep respect for people who risked their lives who did it. Like you can have incredibly different opinions on that war, um, but to not respect the people who were there and yeah, didn't no. have a say in the fact that they were there. Preach. Um, I'm with you there. Yeah, it's just silly. It is yeah. absolutely no. I I um I follow Mitch on Instagram, and and every once in a while he'll be at the uh, he'll be at the shooting range, and and he uh, <laughs> he absolutely um respects those who who uh who basically defend the country and and fight wherever but it's uh and and i i dig his pretty kick-ass uh negative space american flag tattoo but it's he, he is he is a really cool dude i mean we we did talk to him two years ago at heroes and it's when i bought the um the punisher page from him and it's you know he's just he's he's uh not over the top. He's very easy to talk to, humble, and and he is he is one of the he is one of the the, the cooler, low key guys in uh, in the industry. I think uh, he's on the right path because everything you as an illustrator, everything you do in life informs your work. Mm-hmm. Everything there, there's yeah. there's nothing about existence that doesn't filter into the work. Yeah, and the fact that this guy's at a shooting range, you know, it just <laughs> it, seriously, it just makes his work. Yeah. Better because the kick of the gun, the, the smell of the he he puts that into the work, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, and you can see all of that in in Sheriff Man. I'm, I'm still in awe. I got the pages today, so uh, yeah, it's oh. it's so oh, and it's so good. Now you have you have made a um, built a, a nice little original art collection of getting people to draw your character from your novel. Yeah, so are you now in the habit of? either acquiring or buying a page or two from each of your series? I have debates about this. We should talk about this one time in a very nerdy way. Oh, how about, let's talk about it right now. Um, I, I mean, first of all, I, I, I mean, I would buy a page from Mikkel, but again, he works digitally. Right. And it's just like now I have so many guys, if I bought a page from each of them, like I wouldn't have, I mean, I have a huge wall and it's almost full. And I feel like, so it's time for a bigger house. Yeah. Oh, no, I just bought a new house, man. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right, now oh, I saw no, the lizard brain right? kicked in. Like, I have, like, I bought the first four pages of... Four like, Car Garage? A Once Crowded Garage. A Once Crowded Sky from Fowler. A Once Crowded Garage. <laughs> once Crowded Garage. <laughs> <laughs> snort it. I did. We may have been snort. <laughs> Mission accomplished. The, here's the deal. Tom, you got to wait for them to give them to you. Yes. Yeah. You know that's that's how it's done, son. You say, "Hey, I gave you a shot." All right, here's a couple pages. <laughs> I think I'm gonna buy a Toby page from this Omega Man issue he did. There's one page I think is so nice. Um, I'm gonna reach out and buy. I tried to buy the Jock cover for uh, Grayson Number One, mm-hmm. uh, which was brilliant. But it was two grand, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I was like, oh snap, man!" That's uh, the thing about covers, man. That's what I'm saying, right? Like I can do that. Like my wife would. But you could. I mean, look at your you house. Could. I mean, you yeah. clearly could. But yeah, you know, I could. But again, wife getting shots. You have a cavernous great room, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, exactly. Why do I laugh every time Jason says great room? I, know. I I I don't know why. It's like 
It's it's an it's it's boom. I giggle. Tony Floyd is obsessed with the great room. He thinks it's the most hilarious concept ever. Well, because it is. But in your house, it's like here's my great room, and it's like wow, it's really massive. But no, but here's here's the Wallywood porn comics on the coffee table for the kids to read. Seriously, yeah, yeah. You watch that girl sucking out a banana. I get it. I almost shit when I saw that book on the coffee. It's an art book, dude. I mean, it's an art book. Yeah. Here, learn something. Learn something. Dude, I, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure my son is looking at like Playvid right now. I don't, I don't think the internet era. I think kids have already seen. Well, now with the faster internet in the house, sure. I was going to say, I I think the going age for the, for a kid first seeing ass to mouth on the internet now is probably (laughs) eight. ATM, man. <laughs> we like to believe otherwise, don't we? No, I, I keep it real. I, I I sleep very comfortably at night, thinking my kids don't even know what sex is. Oh man. Yeah, yes, I'm in denial, but that's okay. Yeah, I'll take I'll take denial. I, I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's a river in Egypt, you know. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, now Tom, have you gotten any word on the eventual um, collection for the Omega Men? Are they going hardcover with this? I hope. <laughs> I think it'll be a trade. Push for a hardcover. Your toes adorbs though for suggesting that it's going to get hardcover. I love you, yeah. And I, I redo the first pages so that it reflects that it's a collection <laughs> and not the individual issues with the one panel saying so Omega Man number three. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to redo the first issues. Okay, all right. Oh, what the fuck? What a slacker! Right? Why? Why would you? No, that's perfect. I like that opening no. with the black panel. Yeah, it's a DC book. It's not like there's any back matter, so really, it can just be. Uh, it, we did back matter for the Grayson book. We did a ton. Nice. Now let's uh let's make fun of no apologies for a minute. <laughs> yeah. For a minute. What is that? What, uh, did did you have to jump off the show because of fear of reprisal or more because you were just too busy? Fear of reprisal, really. Ah, it was I was always a guest on that show. I never endorsed any of their opinions. Of course uh, not. I was but just I mean, like, was this show. a proactive thing or, or, or did <laughs> someone like your agent say, Hey, you know? No, I, I um those guys are my brothers. I still they they record on oh, Friday. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I still get on before they record. Yes. And I've we heard. talk for like an hour and a half and just joke. And we have a running conversation on Facebook that goes every day. And they keep me honest because they're like super fans and they keep me connected. But I'm like I can't read another comic book. They sort of tell me what's shit and what's not. And I'll throw pitches by them and they'll do things. Um, and they're fucking the nicest guys in the world. But they have no screens over their mouths, and they will say any fucking thing in the whole well, I love it. That's why I, yeah, that's my refreshing. favorite show not named 11 o'clock on. <laughs> I believe it. And uh, and I have to – I live in a more PC world than that now. So I have to say I miss – the thing I miss most about you being on there is that no one on the show ever made Raph do his high-pitched laugh like you did. When you would say something, he's like, oh, my God, you just like, oh, my God. And he would do that, like, and it would just, I don't know, that was a great combination. That was uh, my goal. That was my goal, to get the high-pitched laugh of rap. I was like, how can I get this done? What will I say? Mostly it was making fun of Daryl. That usually gets it done. I've been giving Daryl shit because now that he's, like, lost weight and he has a life, he like he's only on, like, half the shows. I'm like, how can you be the the creator of the show and only be on, like, every other week? Dude, that's actually a problem, man. I'm like, because he's got some mystery girl. That's what's going on. No way. Run away, girl. Yeah. He's, 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 he, he keeps it hidden, but he's got some mystery going on. I on think. the low, low. I think the word you're looking for is abandoned. He's abandoned the show. That's what's happening. Yes, he's abandoned us all. He's, uh, he's big time now. He's got other he's shows. Got Taylor Networks. Yeah, he runs a whole Taylor Network. Yeah, he's too good for us. I understand how it is. 
Freaking Svengali. Svengali. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. I, I love Daryl. He's easy to make fun of. Hilarious. Why would you? Low, low hanging well, fruit. Well, listen, uh, I, I thought it'd be fun for, for those of you that don't listen to, uh, to, to No Apologies, meaning my co-host. Um, mm. uh, the, the. Damn. Chris, under the bus. Oh, well, hey. Our boy Chris Campbell um, would often do a feature, and uh, and Tom was quite good at the feature, where Campbell would throw out a okay. a, uh, a topic of discussion, and then everyone would be on the clock, and we and people would go until they couldn't come up with another name. So I thought we would do that impromptu, no planning, nobody was ready. Oh and shit, a little bit, you think? It's right. Wait, what are we doing? Yeah, I, don't right? read, I don't actually read comic books. It's somewhat convoluted. What it's are we not, doing? It's not. We're, I'm going to give you a category. It's a category. Yeah, we're going to go around naming. People from this particular category until you can't come up with one, and the last man standing is the winner. This is a cool. this is a common fixture on uh, No Apologies. This is an homage to them since Tom can't participate. So, we, so you're stealing intellectual. No, it's, it's an homage again. It's just like uh, I'm. This is this is uh, this is like an artist drawing something and saying after so and so. This is after No Apologies. Okay, so this cool. is where we lose listeners. All right, cool. All right, no, no I, dude, listeners love the lists. They love the list. <laughs> they do. They love they the do. list. Shit. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm giving you guys a category that you'll all be decidedly better at than me. Um, just because I figured I'll just keep track and, uh, and we'll go from there. Um, so you all ready? Yes. Does it have to be like lightning round? Does it have to be quick or can we yeah, quick so that we know you're not right. or anything like that? All right. Okay. Uh, and the category is Legion of Superheroes members. Oh, awesome right. boy. Wait, what did you say? Legion of superheroes. No, no, no. David said something. He said Cosmic Boy. So we're gonna go. Okay. We're gonna go. David, Vince, Tom, myself. Well, no, I'm not gonna be part of it because I have a list. I just opened up a list to check to see you guys are right. So, all right. So it'll be David, Vince, and David, uh, David, Vince, and then. Oh, I don't Tom. want to be first all the time, but okay, all right. You just, well, no, I you just went now. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. fine. Okay. Vince, you're David up. said, um, uh, Saturn Girl. Nice. Lightning Lad. Perfect. All right, the Trinity done. You're up, David. Up, David. Oh, next one. All right, then Chameleon Boy. Uh, Timberwolf. Bouncing Boy. Uh, 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 Duo Damsel. Monel. Matter Eater Lad. Uh, Element Lad. Triplicate Girl. <laughs> let's let's do Duo Damsel the same, but oh Jesus, um, holy shit. Uh, Starboy. Invisible Boy. Superboy. Invisible Kid? Yeah, it is. Oh, Invisible Kid won. <laughs> yeah. Superboy. Oh, shit, David. Supergirl. Nice. Uh, let's go Brainiac 5. Okay. Uh, nah, it's a good one. Uh, Karate Kid. I like that one. Yeah, I'm gonna lose. Um, uh, we said Element Lad. Uh, I don't know. No, that. I don't think That's... so. I don't. All right, Element Lad. Lightning Lass. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, shit. Uh, there's a lot of members. Man. There are, dude. There are. So we already said Bouncing Boy. Yeah, uh, Tom said. That. I think. I think Tom we did. Bouncing Boy. Um, and we said uh, um, Colossal Boy. No. No. Okay. Won't. There we go. Colossal Boy. Colossal Boy. Um, the uh, Sun Boy, Shrinking Violet, Nice, Tyrick, Nice, uh, Phantom Girl, 
Oh, All right, we're on. Back to me so fast. Uh, well, Invisible Kid Two. Oh, oh very good. Counts, yeah. Wildfire. Oh, oh nice. my God. Um, we said Bouncing Boy. Yeah. Uh, There's one that, that the main one that, and I, it must be main because I don't know a lot of these and that. Yeah, I think I'm talking about. about. Uh, 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 tell us. That's well, that I mean that counts. That's not the one I'm thinking about. But yeah. Alter Boy. Yep, ooh, that's good. Ooh, Timberwolf. Said, I said Timberwolf. Did you? Right, yep. then, yeah, uh, then Dawnstar. Dawnstar. Nice. Damn. <laughs> See, um, can, uh, kinetics. Wait, what? Dianetics? What the fuck did you say? <laughs> what? Now we're on Harvard? What? Kin- kinetics. That's the, she was the, the one, the chick with the red hair. Um, uh, oh yeah, no, you're kinetics. right. Kinetics is on the list. My apologies. Wow. Wow. Poor boy. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, uh, he, he, oh fuck, he just, he just, he had it. He, um, censor girl. Oh, correct. Damn. Otherwise, it was Princess Projectra. Yes. Uh, dream girl. Oh, dream girl. Awesome. Uh, and her man. Come on, Tom. We, just, we already did bring F five. No. What? That's her man, isn't it? No. Yeah, we did Brainiac Five. Yes, you said that right. wasn't that. That's not. That's not her man. Oh, I got a man. What's your oh, name? Oh, no, 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 Star. We already did Starboy or Star. Did we? Yeah. Oh, my bad then. That Sorry. was her man. You're right with the beard. Yes. Um, oh, back to me. Um. Uh, didn't, wasn't like Jimmy Olsen like elongated man or something? Elongated boy? <laughs> but was he a member of the Legion at the time? He was. But, um, did that count on the list? Probably not. Uh, it, it actually says that, uh, Pete Ross, Lana Lang, and Jimmy Olsen are neither reservists nor honorary members. Oh, well, that's cruel. <laughs> um, oh man, don't make me go out first. Rock, R-O-K. Nice. Tight, you mean, did you say, yeah, okay. Wait, that's, so then, that's, 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 that's a block. It's a block or block? Block, that's who I was thinking. I was going to say, yeah, okay. okay. Block, block works, all right, good for you. Yeah, block uh, is on there, yeah. yeah. Did, uh, we already said Sunboy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then, uh, I was thinking, um, oh shit, uh, we said Phantom Girl, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Fuck. Um. Can I help a brother out? No, always, someone's got to go out, dude. We can't have this going forever. Yeah, but I love David. <laughs> this was his, if this was his birthday episode, you could just not. Oh, right. um, fuck. Who else was the, uh, um, I'm dying here. <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, see, Tom's a block. That's what I was thinking of next. Tyrock. No, I said Tyrock. Said, already said. Oh. And I did the whole, uh, uh, oh shit. You guys are only missing one member of the Silver Age. Out of like 30. Um, 30. Damn. I gotta help him. We, I mean. But, it, but, but are you sacrificing your move? I think he's out. I think he's out. I have two. I can give you one. All right. Who All right. Of? Mad Reader Lad. I already said it. You already said it. You, oh, you already said it? I uh, said it. I think David's uh, out. Uh, how about? Uh, all right. Shit. Um, 
There's, there's uh, definitely a time limit here. You're well uh, past he's, he's not having it. Stuff. He's not. Uh, I know. I'm like, <laughs> uh, what about um? Oh 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 oh. Uh, White Witch was White Witch said. Yes, White Witch. Very good. Talk Jack on the, on the Jack's on the <laughs> Jack's good. on the wood. Well he's he's going That's down. Locks yes. Uh, okay. All right, what do you got, Vince? I'm done. So, uh, kid, um, kid Quantum. Okay. Did we do Pharaoh Lad yet? Oh, oh good for you. The sacrifice. Well then, shit. Um, oh, what about? Oh shit, we should start naming uh, like Legionnaires. Because they had different names. Uh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. I got one. I got one. <laughs> then, yeah, because I think I, I do think I am. Oh. Uh, yeah. Gates? Gates? Yeah, like yes. Like Gates teleported. is on there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, I need to lose. <laughs> wow, Gates. Um, Damn. Uh, polar boy. I said. Polar. You said yes. polar boy. That, that's this. How about Invisible Kid Two? He said that too. Said no. It. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yes. Damn you. Um. <laughs> Fire lad. Fire lad. Who's that? Fire lad. That... Yep. That was Fire hard. lad. Yep. Uh, Five year uh, gap. There's a whole bunch of the five-year gap you guys haven't named. In fact, yeah. almost all of them. Well, that's because those those are the legionnaires that have the different names. Yes. When they, oh, when I they see. Came back and they changed all. Got it. Got and they it. were like clones of the originals, and they came back. Ah, I see. Okay, there you go. Uh, oh crap! I don't know. Well, Fire Lad's in that list, so I don't know if that counts or not. Cosm- Cosmic Boy Two. What did Cosmic Boy's brother become a member at one point? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Substitute Legion Hero. Oh, how about uh, Nightshade? Did we do Nightshade yet? I don't Nightshade? Think Nightshade. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The Nightshade's in Suicide Squad. Night Girl? Yeah. Night Girl. No. Who is Manel's girlfriend? I'm, I'm, I'm Night, out. Night, Night Wind. Night Wind? What's her name? Night Wind. I'm out. You guys beat me. I'm she beating. farts in this act. <laughs> the Night Wind. Like, oh, Did right. someone say Shadowlass? Someone said Shadowlass. Shadowlass. That's who yeah. I was thinking of. Shadowlass. Damn you! All right, so you. you guys are way better at this than I expected. Wow, really? I mean, I, well, I mean, I mean, I figured you'd be not at least we'd be down to. I don't know. All right, go ahead, go ahead, David. I well, I, I gave Tom Shadow last, but no, you didn't give him. You took Shadow last. I am out. It's down to two. Oh, all I'm right. not a cheater like y'all. Oh, seriously, we are cheaters. So it's up to me. Yeah. Um, did we say Echo? Nope. Echo. Uh, is Valor allowed or is that already Manel? Yes. Yeah, Valor's allowed. Right, sure. Valor. Oh, no, Valor is Manel. Aren't they the same? Oh, yeah. yeah. But oh, that's true. Is yeah. he like so, the he, younger he, version of Manel or something? It, it was, it's the, uh, the, the present day. All right. Well, let, let David have that. <laughs> If it was the present day, then he wouldn't have joined the Legion of Super. I don't know about this. All right, zero hour. Um, oh fuck a duck. Uh, yeah, uh, Kid Quantum. Said. 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 Mm-hmm. You guys suck. Um, 
What about, uh, oh shit. Just start renaming X-Men that were also designed to be Legion of Superior characters. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, oof. Somebody say Elastic Lad? Was that the, the Jimmy Olsen character? Uh, what the hell was, um, was, was, uh, he Ellen Lad's, in- uh, girlfriend ever considered a member? Cause she was on the police force. Yeah, Kav- Kavanan or Kavan? No, no, it's Siobhan. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But, uh... Who became became transgender and they took a... Yes, yes, that was insane. Very weird. (laughs) It was. Uh, man. There was, um... Oh, shit. I think I I might, uh... You are out? I think I am out. Andromeda? That counts. Yeah, Andromeda, yeah, from five years later. The yep. Supergirl animal. This is one I should have said right in the beginning. Impulse. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Impulse was on the Legion? No, the the female Impulse. Oh, from, uh, right. Yep. Uh, balls. Um, <laughs> Kono? Uh, how do you spell that? K O N O. Yeah. Uh, yep. Kono. Okay. No, I don't see Kono anywhere. <sighs> we said Polar Boy. Yes, for a third time. Oh wait, no, no, Kono's on there. Sorry. Uh, yes, my bad. How, how about Princess Projecta? I already Projecta. said that, dude. Damn it! Which is, oh, like it's getting tough no, now. No, it's like it's like now, now now we're going into like Dave Cockrum's scrap peep and just like whatever he scribbled. <laughs> and we said Ultra Boy, right? Uh, yeah. All right. If you guys uh, want to just claim a tie win, since y'all are refuse to let each other lose, then yes. yeah, we love each other. So yeah. yeah no, let David. No, no, no. All right. Let the Wookie. Win. All right. Here's who I think you haven't said because, and then we'll, maybe maybe I just forget that you said them. Um. Uh, hold on, I'm just going on the list because he did get a lot of them. You said Colossal Boy, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no one said, La- oh, is Andromeda, oh, Laurel Grand Gand is Andromeda? Yes. Okay. Um, Tom, you said Shrinking Violet, right? I did. Yep. Yep. Who okay. is so awesome in the Five Year Later Legion is like with her short hair as the veteran. Let's see. On the other side of the war is Cosmic Boy. Oh, no one said Chemical King. Be. Mm. Wait, was, was he a bad guy? I was just gonna say he was a Legion of Supervillains. No, so was Light Lord. So was he's a member of uh, the Silver wow. Age Legion. He took anybody in? Did <laughs> we say Kid Quantum? Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Did you say um, Magnetic Kid? That's who it is. That's who Cosmic Kid's brother is. Magnetic Kid. Volkrin. Yeah. You no know one said Quizlet. No. Probably for good reason. Uh, and he was that little right. ship who flew around. So you're saying them. these five years, these five years may be just names for the same, I don't know, but so we've got Storm Boy, Stone Boy. Stone Boy is who I was thinking of. That's another Legion of Substitute Heroes. Yeah, Chlorophyll Kid. The same thing. Right, Calamity King. Yeah, Color they're, Kid. These are Substitute Heroes. Yeah, Color they're Kid. Characters. Uh, Vizilad. Yep, Vizilad, Porcupine Pete, Infectious Lass, Crystal Kid, Nightwind, Reflecto. This is what happens uh, when you play a who's who. Dude, Infectious yes. Lass should have gotten on the major team. That's a pretty, that's a pretty <laughs> awful power. 
You did just say Kono. <laughs> Seriously. Kid, right? yeah. Then you've yeah. got um, the five-year gap. You said Kono, but you didn't say Neon, <laughs> Reflex, Veil Mist, uh, Fire Fist, Blood Claw, oh, Fire, Fire Fist, Leader yeah. Web. Wasn't that Bloodlines? And Spider Girl. Um, Those are beyond my abilities. Honorary members or reserves, Pete oh. Ross, Kid Psycho, Insect Queen, Elastic Lad, which I think you said, and Green Lantern, um, which was Ron Vidar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, Gorvidal. which, which is kind of hilarious. You got, fall, you got false, <laughs> false, <laughs> false pretenses, lad. Gorvidal's legion. False Command pretenses. Command kid. That Dynamo must have been like, Warren Ellis must have written it for one issue and put it yeah. false Nemesis kid. Yeah. Um, that was karate. Wasn't that karate kid's, uh, arch enemies? Arch enemy? Arch enemies? Arch enema? Arch enemies. Arch enema. We're descending into silliness yeah. now. And now we're becoming no apology. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really kind I know. That's rough. <laughs> Computo? Yes. Computo's a bad guy. He's naming people who appeared in Legion. I know. It's like, he's in a panel. Apparition? What about Chameleon That's Girl? Phantom Girl. Yeah, I was thinking of Chameleon Girl, too, but I didn't know if that was just going to cheat. Oh, it says it's a reboot counterpart of Phantom Girl. So, XS, uh, Leviathan. Did you guys say Leviathan? No, that's a rebooted counterpart of Colossal Boy. I wrote for Teen Titans, and she gets no play. I wrote a, I created a character who's from Triplicate Girl's world, but she's a lantern. And she creates her, and her two siblings are dead, or two twins are dead, and she recreates them using her lantern powers. And nice. they talk to her. She's called Trinity. She's currently in the new Teen Titans. Um, yeah, so. That's my little Legion shout out there. I, I got to create someone from the Legion world and put it in the DC. This, this, this tells me that I need to read some Legion, cause y'all, it was, this was way easier for y'all than I thought it would be. You want to read, read Legion back in the day? Oh man, the the day. I read the uh what is it, the great uh what's the the big the great darkness. Yeah, I read the Great yeah. Darkness a couple years ago with you guys. I his, read his, his Legion was uh the the, the Claremont Uncanny X Men by Cochran. Is he right? I read the Legion Lost, which I loved. Um, you need to read the five years five years later. Yeah, you read what? the five year later. Read, read, that's, read five years that's later. That's absolutely the best. Yeah. You know, see what I'm stealing all my Omega Men stuff Don't read that. It's not stealing. Uh, Although he never broke the grid. It's nine no. panels on every page in that. I combined yep. some of the panels. To some yeah. And I think that, that it was an asset, but I actually think it was a downfall after a while. Because he was so, you know, um, locked into the format where if he needed to do something really, really, really big, you didn't get the sense, the, the scale of some of the things didn't really come across in that little tiny panel. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was, I mean, Giffen's art back then was like so, it was so cool and experimental yeah. and weird and dirty. It was so pre-trencher, yeah. pre, yeah, it was, it was, you were able to, it was, um, legible's not the right word for you. You were able to, to, it, it was comprehensible. You could see yeah. what was going on. He wasn't, yeah. and I mean, and it's, you know, ambush bug and everything else it, it that, that came later it was it was quirky and crazy and and he was just going nuts on a page he's entitled to and it's the whole medium's about that but his his legion stuff is just it's that's when i think of giffen 
I as as much as it hurts Vincent, I think of the old Levitz Giffen Legion stuff, whereas Vince mm-hmm. thinks Giffen, he thinks Trencher. But th- well, no, no, not particularly. But yes, I do. You know, this will oh, yeah. make Jason happy. Um, I'm not big on original art, mostly because it's expensive. But Keith Giffen is the uh, artist I own the most of. Really, I have about I have about seven Giffen pages. Really. Yeah. From what? I, From what? Why are we just knowing this now? I know. I have uh, three from Video Jack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh-huh. Nah, because I love video. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, I I have um I have one Legion page. Really? Um, yeah, and I have a which a which couple... which Legion is it? It's uh, five years later. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't expensive. I mean, come on, I'm cheap. It it, it was not uh, very. Um, it was affordable. Let's just put it. I that would way. love one. I, I, I want to buy a Giffen five year later page one day. Yeah, but yeah, Keith Giffen. I have tons of. But see, this goes back to my art argument, which is like, I'd rather at this point own old art that inspired me and that I have a personal connection to, yeah. than art that I wrote. I think I'll probably I'll change it eventually, like when my kids get older. But that's kind of what I'm looking for in art now. I go through. I'm not looking for sketches now. I'm looking for like pages that remind me of. Specific moments in comics that take me to a place. That's nice. the current period I'm sort of going through. And, and I do have a trencher page too. Two two trencher pages. So Damn. Giffen is to Vince what uh, Matteo Sclera is to Jason. That's true. <laughs> there you go. I think uh, yeah. After talking, to her, I think I have thirteen uh, Sclera pages. Oh my goodness! And a bunch of commissions as well. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. It's my dog. Oh man. Well. As my hey. dog. Are are we good here? Do we have anything else to talk about before we wrap this puppy up? Did we? Well, no. I mean, uh, I think we covered it all. Don't you think? What, what other cons are you going to be at, uh, Tom? I'll be at uh, Baltimore and New York are the two big ones coming up. Good man. Come. Cannot wait. All right. Well, we may run into you. May not. Who knows? You're not going <laughs> to. What? Aren't <laughs> you guys having a party? I just saw on Facebook. I'm not invited. No, no, buddy. oh, no. So you put it on Facebook. I think everybody, it's, uh, it's, it's you're probably exactly going to have time. Marvel and DC parties to go to that weekend. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think our party is exactly at the same time that the No Apologies party is happening. So, <laughs> cheap ass bastards don't put on a party. I just had to get my own room. Party. You know, I, I stay with with uh, CK and Daryl, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. I'm out. They are the loudest snorers in the history of snoring. Damn. And CK wears a Darth Vader mask. On oh his shit! Oh, you, you were you wearing one of those uh, CPAP mix masks. Yeah. So it's and and Daryl just he he apparently swallowed a dragon at some point, a farting <laughs> dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but now that he's lost all that weight, maybe he won't snore as much. No, nothing can stop that. On the last con in the middle of the night, it woke me up and, it, and I couldn't. And he, I was like, just because he's like twice as loud when he's on his back. So I went over and I was like trying to push him over. Mm. Like turning him on his back with all my muscles I could, and I couldn't. Get, I'm like, damn, pulling on him. Like, Go away! <laughs> like, just turn over. That's the worst. Yeah, that's that is the um, exciting life of the comic creator, trying to turn over people you're rooming with at cons in the middle of the night. Yeah, no Campbell at New York Comic Con this year. It's a no. bummer. Yeah, but he's got a new kid, so that's cool. No, oh no, it's a good reason. I'm just saying it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, it, 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 it's not gonna seem, feel the same without Chris there. But, you know, these cons now for me, I haven't done a New York one since, since last like, year. Yes, yeah, since last <laughs> year. I've done one. Um, uh, but, uh, like, San Diego this year, 
I was like wall to wall meetings or drinking with people. And I imagine New York's going to be the same. So it's not going to be, New York's like a working con for me. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of like editor meetings and stuff like that. And your line's going to be huge. A lot of, uh, under the table reach arounds. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. Well, one can hope. Mm-hmm. My wife will probably listen to this. <laughs> no, she's a regular actually. I knew it. I knew it. She's on our forum. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. Yep. Long, long time last. <laughs> bring, bring back Nightwing, 1970. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, if you want to get cheap comics, where do you go? You tell us. Where? DCB service. Discount, I'm going to tell you, discount comic book service, DCBService.com. Get them cheap, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of the cover price. That's the best. It's all gravy at DCBService.com. And once you get all your books, put them in the comic base, comicbase.com. 15% off if you put the following code into the pre-moisten slot, Comic Base 11. Comic Base, the program, 11. That's us. 11 o'clock. No, it's win-win. So anyway, uh, in your travels, I want you to read something so we can talk about it next week. Okay. Savage Dragon 205. Oh, busy. I'm, busy. I'm, 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 Stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's it's a book very near and dear to my heart, but something something happens in the book that kind of sours me on all of the principal players. Really? Yeah. Two hundred five issues. Yes. Well, Finally, the prince, right? the, the the current principal players, meaning mm-hmm. Malcolm, Malcolm and Angel. Mm. Something happens, and I don't know. Mm. Uh well, like I said, read it, Eric Larson. Let's talk about it next week because I'm sure it's going to be a it, it's it's a very hot topic. Let's have Larson these on. Days. Let's talk about it. Yes, let's do it. it let, let's just say this: the the um, the sexual escapades in issue 200 are coming to uh, are bearing very sour and bitter fruit. Mm. Let's just say that. So, mm. yeah, way to bring us down, dude. I'm sorry, Thanks. but I want to talk. I think it's it'll be a nice, an interesting discussion, if anything. All right. Yeah. I believe it. Um, I am going to say, in your travels, uh, I read the first issue. I started reading the second. Uh, I did not finish the second issue yet, but this would be um, Will Eisner's uh, The Spirit, written by Matt Wagner, illustrated oh. by uh, Dan... Shade, Shkadi, uh, colors by Shweddy, Shweddy, yeah. Pretty balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, colored by Brennan Wagner. Uh, this is that's his son. Uh, it, it is. It is his son. It is. Yeah. Nice, nice catch. Uh, the cover for issue two is by Eric Powell. It, it's pretty spiffy. The uh, the art is very. It, it almost looks like maybe Wagner did breakdowns, and uh, and Dan kind of. Went along those lines. It, it is very Wagner esque. It, it's more Wagnery than uh, than than Eisner. Uh, it, but it's it's kind of like a whatever happened to Benning uh, Colt, the Spirit, because uh, the Spirit really hasn't shown up in in an issue and a half that I've read so far. And um, his uh, there, there are two sidekicks, we'll call them. Um, one of no, ebony. one of them may have been Ebony. Oh, really? Uh, so yes, it's a uh, it's it, it's a white blonde haired dude and a uh, and a gentleman of color and and they um they're basically trying to find out 
Where's Spirit at? Yo, and and uh, and the commissioner, at, yo, is uh, he's trying to figure things out. The commissioner's daughter is is seeing somebody else, but of course she she's pining for her uh, lost love. I I didn't know you know, Wagner on a book is pretty much. I'm I'm going to uh, check it out sight unseen and and not worry about. What the story, what, what came before it. Uh, I don't know if, um, you know, I'm, I'm just reading these two issues and, I, and I'm going from there. And it's, uh, it, it is, I don't know if, if you were a spirit fan, if, you know, you would enjoy this. If you were a spirit fan, you probably didn't watch the movie, but if, if you were a, uh, a spirit fan, then, uh, you might dig this. There's, it, there is, um, there's history here, you know. There, there, it's not like Wagner's just pulling things out and making it up on the fly. He, he's he's going by what Eisner had put down before him, and I uh, I will probably finish the second issue when we're done tonight and uh, and take it from there. But I, I read the first issue; I really liked it. Um, even though, like I said, there's not really much of the spirit in in a comic book called the Spirit. So I'm waiting to see where it's going and. Uh, We'll see, but so far I'm, I'm along for the ride. It looks great. The colors popping. Uh, but Wagner respects the source material. So I'm, I'm all about it. I'm going to read them for next week so we can tag. Them. Okay, cool. Nice. I look forward to hearing you guys talk about it. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, he's such a dick when it comes to these characters. I swear to God. I really just can't. Even, even with Matt Wagner, I just could not care. Like this, this characters do nothing for me. But, and uh, speaking of dynamite, dude, did you guys uh, see in the? Um, all over my dick right now. I'm not stepping on you. I'm continuing with what Mr. Price started uh, in the previews. Dynamite's uh, doing 007. There's going to be James Bond comics I'm coming out of dynamite. By that. I'm 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 going to give it a try, but I'm not going to set my expectations too high. But I am open to it. But it is Warren Ellis. It is. I mean, the first the first one is right. I mean, right. They're, they're trying yeah. to lure you in, but yeah. Are they basing it on Ian's old novels? Is it like the, uh, yes. the old comic strips from back in the day? Okay. No, it's based on the novels. Cool. They got to write still novels. I don't think, I think, I, I heard, um, I heard someone, I think I heard the guys from Challengers talking about this on their podcast. I think it, it's not, it, it's got nothing to do with the movies, so they're not going to be evocative of the movies. They're going to be from the novels. That's fine. So, yeah. I, I think I'm in. Oh, well, I'm definitely. definitely in for the first one, just to give it a shot. Whether or not I stick with it all depend on who they have created doing the books. But very cool. Oh yeah, no, I'm about that. Tina, that was a worthy interruption, Vince. Well, I, I'm trying. I'll play. I I do my best. Nice. All I gotta say is Frank Miller's balls must be black and blue because David keeps banging on them, just banging on those Miller balls. <laughs> he will not let go. Hey man, I just I remember when. I like the spirit. That day. Oof. There's, uh, someone had to. Well. You know, I never saw it. I've never seen the spirit. You're, you're a lucky son of a bitch. It's beautiful, beautiful women. They cast beautiful women in it. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, you want to see. It's basically Sin City. You want to see Ava's ass, that's awesome. But other than that. Okay. Yeah, it is basically Sin City. Who plays the spirit? I don't even remember. Gabriel Macht from, uh, Suits. From Suits, yeah. Oh. And Ruined his movie crew. career. Yeah, it did. He didn't take off after that. One and done. Yeah. No, he was in the recruit. <laughs> good looking devil. Good looking dude though too. Gotta be honest. He made a good. I think he made a good young Joker also with that. Yes, scowl. he's got that 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 scowl that that the the lips that turn up. But 
All right, enough about all that. Uh, in your travels, trying to have that. In your travels, written by Mr. Jeff Lemire, illustrated by Mr. Dustin Wynn, lettered and designed by Mr. Steve Wands, talking about Descender, a book that David and I have have turned you guys onto a few times. It's a it's a kick-ass sci-fi epic, uh, basically massive robots called the Harvesters uh, destroyed a solar system. Uh, about a, 10 years before the comic starts. And, uh, as a result, sort of, there's this like a retrenchment from the technology. But, uh, this, this little dude, Tim21, comes activated and it turns out he's somehow tied into the harvesters. So they send these kick-ass cyborg dudes and scrappers to come and kill Tim. And Tim gets a band of, uh, of other, uh, robot creatures, robotic creatures of all different types. So it's like a, it's like a robotic science fiction super team. And, um, we are six issues in. So we've got the first arc called 10 stars, which sets everything up five issues. And then we're, we're one issue into the new arc. And, uh, it's just a hell of a ride, man. It's, it's, it's smart. It's well paced, beautiful to look at sci-fi. Can't go wrong. So. Oh, and, and, and speaking of our sponsor, one of our sponsors, I do believe the, the first collection, there is a DCB service retailer incentive cover. Sweet. Yeah. That's the hotness. Awesome. And now, Tom. In your travels, Tom, what should they be reading? Once Crowded Sky. Omega Man. Don't waste your opportunity. Pre-order, no. pre-order share for Babylon. That's all you have to do. Um, <laughs> I'm going I'm to towards something that will go on my six-year-old kid, but newspaper comics, been going back and reading a lot of newspaper comics from my childhood. Don't go, like Calvin Hobbes, Blue County. Oh, that's different. There we go. And like classic Peanuts. Like my kid is really into them and I've been rereading like Calvin Hobbes, how freaking brilliant it is. Oh, dude. Calvin Hobbes, we we got the complete collection a few years ago and and, uh, my my oldest, who's now 12, we read every single Calvin Hobbes strip in those so big oversized That's volumes. what I'm saying. It's been yeah. so much fun just sitting with my kid reading these old comics. Spaceman Spiff, forget it, dude. Yep. Dude, and they're brilliant. Mom. There's the timing and the... I, I forgot how much when I grew up... Because kids don't have newspaper. Like When I grew up when I was a kid, that's how I got into comics. Like My my dad would I would ignore me by reading the paper, and I'd ignore him by reading the comics section. You're like, right that about was, that. That was classic. Um, and just go back through that. So if you if you go back and read some Calvin Hobbes and some Far Sides and have some fun. Oh, dude, there you go. See, you just you did it. You named my Holy Trinity from 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 that era. Bloom County, Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes. That's yeah. it. That nails it. And one of That's my it. one of the one of the Calvin and Hobbes strips that just that that I always think about. It, it's not even anything I have to do with the snowmen or dinosaurs or spaceman. It, it's it's a single strip. With Calvin and Mo, and Mo walks by, says something to Calvin, and basically the punchline is, Mo's street smart. That just means he knows what street he lives on, and that just and 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 it's Calvin staring at the audience saying this, and that just that is that is the one Calvin strip that I recall fondly over. That I'll hold on to that before I lose everything else. It, it's just Calvin and Hobbes just fantastic. Yeah, I got yeah, a county strip that sits in my prize next to my computer to remind me I want to write. And I paid some way too much money for an original. I was going to say. This is... <laughs> J- Jason poops on so many things I love. I know. What? He does. What did I poop on now? Newspaper comics. You're just like, nah. Dude, no, 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 no. I thought he was going to give us some, like, 
some crazy shit like that old whack phantom stuff song. or like like I I didn't know he was going to come at us with Bloom County and, and Calvin and Hobbs. I mean, those were phenomenal. I've, I've raved about those many a time on the show. Uh, okay, Vince. And to be fair, you love everything. Like you love I, I, okay. so many things. I, there's one thing I do not love. Speaking speaking of newspaper comics, and you said the p word, peanuts. When we uh, we went to the movies recently, and they had the trailer for oh, the upcoming yeah. 3D uh, animated Peanuts, I can't have it. I I just can't. I can't. Uh, that and like Popeye and Sacred Castia. It was just like somebody was just tearing my soul apart huh. seeing those characters in 3D. Really? Uh, see, I don't mind because I can take my kids to it, and they'll get into it, and then I can show them the old comics. To me, it's just like it's a gateway drug. It's like I don't care how crappy it is; they'll be into it because it's on a screen and moves. Yeah, I can't be objective when it comes to peanuts. I don't know why. I, I'm I'm very irrational. Like even the Boom series, maybe done well, but uh, Schultz isn't involved, so I I just can't have it. I don't know. Dude, if I could write it, anything, I I know Boom editors. I'm like, how can I get on that peanuts book? I would do that God. for free. Oh man, absolutely. I don't think you're funny enough for that book. I know. What a jerk. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm funny enough for like late Schultz, like when he got crazy and like did a lot of with short round stuff. Like I can't match him in his prime, but I could probably do the late stuff. Good old short round. Mm. Yeah, you might be able to handle that part of it. That's, That's what I'm saying. Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. But anyway, hey everybody, thank you for being here with us. We hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. We did. And if you if you did enjoy it, please, by all means, come back next week because we will be right here waiting for you. Do us a solid and leave us an iTunes review. That'd be great if you can do that. Or if you can't get enough of us with this once a week thing, you can get us twenty four seven on the Facebooks. We have a group there. We have a forum. David, where's our forum? Because we don't remember. <laughs> Out in the field somewhere. 11 there's there's one guy. 11o'clockcomics.com, as David said. Uh, we're on the Twitter. We're everywhere on the internets. So if you enjoy us, there's more of us out there to enjoy. And we would be glad for you to come back. True. Week. And make sure you, you check out all of Tom King's work that's out there. He's about to deluge you. He's going to be one of yeah. those dudes where you're sick of seeing his name and you're, you're jealous of him because of his instantaneous stardom. Instant like that. I was discovered out of college. I'm 18 years old. I went to college very young. Amazing. Um, and thank you for being here with us, Tom. We we yeah, it was awesome. Long Dude, thank you for having me. I remember when Chris Neesman and she down around comics with you guys, and I used to get pissed at you. That's how far back I go. Wow. We've grown. We've grown. You've grown. All, yeah. all grown's up now. Neesman's much quieter than he used to be. I can't believe. It. <laughs> yeah. He was, I thought you'd yeah. say one thing a whole interview to ask me one question. Nothing. It's just, it's just one silent. long app. He just listens in now on mute. Uh, he, he's actually directing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He handles all the His curling fantasy draft. <laughs> Good night, Chris. Um, please come back next week because David would miss you. We all would. And as always, say goodnight. David. Good night. David. Ooh, that is, this, good. So is good. this scary how he so does good. that? That's very good. You're a good mimic. He's like a Teddy Ruxpin. And by the way, there are five nice. weeks until New York Comic Con. Five weeks. Are we going to see you? Well, we're going to all see each other, and we're going to embrace yeah. lovingly. Come to the party. Come to the party. Come to the party. Tom's hosting. 
That's true. We'll be doing our Daryl tipping. We'll be hanging out at Gil's loft. Party at Gil's loft. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> uh, bye. Peace. Peace out. Where am I wondering? Every place I go. Uh, well, I wonder Every place I go My pencil hit won't write no more I want to buy me some ink But they don't sell it no more in stores But they don't sell it no more in stores I Why did I bust you in your nose? If anybody asks you, why did I bust you in your nose? And my pencil hit won't write no more.